I mean, put airport in front of it. But see, I, I feel like airport. the airport McDonald's is is tremendous. And I don't go to that many McDonald's mm. for breakfast, but I, that's my favorite uh, McDonald's You know why the airport. the airport McDonald's actually has their shit together, though? Why? Because it's the only... Like, everyone flocks there, so it's probably, like, the busiest fucking McDonald's in the world. And they have, like, a, like a 20-man crew at the airport McDonald's that's, at all that's times. That's probably true. Yeah. And the drive through one down the street is, like, maybe six dudes, and the one guy's in the freezer smoking a joint. But I'm telling you, if you're, if you're at the airport and you, go, and you want coffee, don't go to Dazbog. Do yeah. not go to Dazbog. I've never coffee. been a fan. No, no. Have, you don't drink coffee? Nope. Really? At all. Ever. I've tasted coffee once in my life. But see... Wait a minute. <laughs> how did you how have the, the coffee? Fuck, did you have the how did you we have never it? discussed uh, this? I, 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 I'm surprised this hasn't come up either. I had a cream and sugar, and um, that was before Craig started drinking just straight black coffee. Okay. And so I had a cream and sugar. I just asked him for a sip. I had a sip, and I hated it. Oh my god! But what were you expecting? How it's, have it's I not, never known this about it's you? It's not like I was. A, I was. I was expecting. Well, okay. So I will say this as a disclaimer: I was not an adult. I was a child. Okay. So you never had a coffee so as this an was adult four years no, ago? Never. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I, um, I, I was, are you not? Was, do you I'm not like? Not today. How do you? Do you have a, a way to wake up in the morning? Like the, a like, shower, just a shower, and that like gets you going. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I actually I will say: if if you're surviving without it, never start. Yeah, because once you're in, it's like w- blood w- in, blood out. There, there's no getting out. It's I like will a mafia. also, I will also say that I have a problem with. It's just like kind of like our our food bracket. I have a problem with drinking hot beverages on hot days. Oh gosh! So like, so so like, I'll drink tea, but I'll only drink it during the winter. Hmm. Oh man, That's I love uh, even. It could be a hundred degrees outside, I mean, and if you maybe, offer me a good like, maybe like there's cappuccino like an iced or a latte. Coffee. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I love iced coffee too. I I think that I would probably. But once like you get addicted to the coffee, juice, yeah. like uh, you're chasing the dragon. I got a, I got enough addictions in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't need another one. Uh, well, listen, we're back in the studio. Oh, we're back. Today is Wednesday. It's August seventeenth. We're back in the Moves Media Studio. We got a really good show. We're going to break down the Big Twelve. The Big Ten. We have the second round of our uh, of our bracket, uh, our our tailgate bracket. If you didn't listen last week, I mean, wow, what are you doing? Go I back mean, and wow. listen. It was wild. <laughs> uh, things got very contentious. There may or may not have been punches thrown. Well, <laughs> um, after the show, there was certainly a brawl that we had to break. There up. were punches yes. that were thrown. Yeah, but look, I'm excited, and uh, we're now what two weeks, two Saturdays away from college football. Yeah, we're getting close. We, and, we, and, week zero is a week from Saturday. Yeah, nice. And we got My some God. big breakdowns today, big previews today. And by the way, big news. Uh, this actually just got announced in the last couple hours, so we're just gonna uh, cover it right now. This uh, broke from ESPN. Pete Thamel said that the college football playoffs board discusses possibility and potential of restructuring how college football is governed. Now, what that means is that. What we've all been talking about, what started obviously in the last year with restructuring of, of conferences and new NIL stuff, is that the college football playoff is thinking about breaking away from the NCAA entirely. Good. Now, how this will go about, I don't know. I don't know what, how that will be managed. I don't know what the NCAA is going to do to try to hold on to these college football teams. Are they going to try? I mean, are they, they gonna- have to. Because like, at the end of the day, the college football playoff can't exist if oh, the you know, Ohio State University doesn't Give out so, their licensing. To, I, saw, I saw you tweet you know about I mean? this. Will, will you just uh, what does Michael Scott say? Explain this to me like I'm a like I'm five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, so explain who, like I'm five. So who's driving this? Uh, well, I, it's just the College Ball Playoff Committee, right? Which is their own thing, anyway, right? They took over. They took over when we got rid of the BCS, and they're separate from the NCAA. They work with the NCAA 
to manage what so, the what the playoff so, system so is. So that committee that, that, that decides the, it's the, the board. Playoffs. It's like Connolly's or Rice and you know whoever else is on that. So they're challenging the NCAA to start governing the entire sport. Well, they're not even. I mean, I, I think this is more just like the uh, like the writing is on the wall because all it says that the sources told ESPN that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how culture ball is governed okay. with the idea presented of major culture ball potentially so being governed happened yet. outside of the NCAA. No, it's not breaking news. Okay. But once they talk about this kind of shit, it's just a matter of time before it happens. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing oh, when, for sure. when they, we heard that they were talking about going to a 14th playoff. It was only a, a matter of time before it happened. Then we heard that teams were considering, they were considering, you know, NIL and, and name image likeness players getting paid, whatever, and so uh, things are just happening super fast, and you know it's only going to get faster and faster, and the sport is changing so fast. But you know, it just—I wonder how it will go down, and what kind of deal will be worked out because the NCAA is just not going to give that up. I mean, I know they're a non-for-profit, air quote, business. No, it's, it may but be a they're, buyout. They're worth like billions. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so there will be a buyout or some sort of purchase, which is going to be funny when they approach that because for years they've, you know, hidden under this guise of. We're not a we're not you know a, a, a normal company in America. We should be treated differently. And now when they sell, they're going to be wanted to you know treat it like a normal company. Sounds like it's a church. <laughs> oh, it kind of is in a weird Tax way. Exempt church, right? The Church of College Football. Hey man, I mean if that's my if that's my church, then I'm all for it. That's uh, yeah, for I sure. worship on I mean, Saturdays. Heck yeah. Um, that's the Sabbath. <laughs> you don't do anything. You sit on the couch. You watch games. But it is church. You pray now. a lot during like your <laughs> team's but games. But do we agree that it would become from church like to business like? or more professional sports like if uh, this committee took over more professional sports yeah I, I, I think I mean you can already say I'll, at this point right now that college football is basically a feeder or a minor league program for the NFL right so I think it would just kind of be more of that yeah for sure and it's, just, uh, it's again it's just more I think if you see them break away from the NCAA you will start to actually see players getting some sort of a share in the revenue that the conferences or the schools are generating. Um, and it, it will become more, it'll be less than just, Hey, they can sign contracts with their name, image likeness. They can be like the coldest Crawford. Yeah, uh, the did coldest. you guys see that? Yes, those are great. So yes, if yeah. you don't know, yeah. uh, there's this, this too. wide receiver who's from Louisiana. He had, I believe he had originally committed to LSU and then he decommitted. Now he's at Nebraska. He's a freshman. And his name is DeColdest Crawford. And that not just that, actually. His real middle name is To Ever Do It. So his name oh is DeColdest To Ever Do It Crawford. He's a wide receiver. And he got the coolest name image likeness deal ever with a, an HVAC company in Nebraska because they do air conditioning. Solid. And so the whole pitch was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> the coldest. I know what the coldest is. If you want to, to stay cool in the heat, you know, go with Joe Schmo, whatever, uh, HVAC system. I thought it was a hilarious commercial. There's an actual commercial out there. It's great. And I mean, wow, yeah, just way funny. to cash in on it that's and make it awesome. That's going to start happening more and more. And, and I think that's the, that is the future of college football, right? It's who has more money, who has the, the biggest boosters, who can start bringing people in. And it's funny because the landscape has changed. Remember when it was like Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado, and then everyone said for a while, you know, no one's going to go to Nebraska anymore because it's Nebraska. No one's going to go to Colorado anymore. It's Colorado. And then all the bigger schools kind of rose to the top. Now it's going to be the next chapter, which boosters have the biggest paycheck and which boosters care the most. Yeah, no shit. And, and as a University of Colorado fan, this isn't a CU take. This is a small school take or a school who hasn't competed in 20 years take. 
it's now a good thing in my opinion because when it's out of the hands of these ADs and these people around the school who clearly haven't cared enough to give enough to these programs to win, that's how I feel as a CU fan, well, maybe if it's in the hands of the boosters now, things are going to be more positive. So I think this actually could be a good thing for a lot of reasons for a lot of teams. And if you think your school may be out of it, Look, if there's some, it comes down to this: Are there enough boosters with enough money who care? Like that's really what matters. And some schools are going to pop just up out one of big one, like one like multi-billionaire exactly. that went to your Very school, true. like Phil Knight at Oregon. Like, and then you also have schools like Jackson State, right, where uh, Deion Sanders is currently the coach. He got didn't he get one of the top recruits in the nation to go there last I think year? The top recruit, yeah. Number so, one. so that could also be the future. Is random schools who've never competed before start to get? I mean, look, it takes four years. To get a class, or to get a uh, what is considered to be a coach's team, right? Right. That's it. Four years. It's not that long of a, of a time span to change things around. So it's exciting what's happening. It's kind of scary for, in a lot of ways because I'm a traditional fan. You know, I like the bowl games and the whole system, but I'm also willing to see it change. And I think that, and at the end of all of this, it's going to be positive for college football. Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking of look, uh, positive, a lot of positives and and question marks and a lot of fun new stories in the big 12 and that's where we'll start off with our preview um i'm so excited to watch this year's big 12 how it plays out obviously you know having having brett venables uh the new head coach at oklahoma a fascinating storyline how are they going to do without lincoln riley uh how will he do being a head coach for the first time you have the the incumbent champion baylor who came out of nowhere last year all things, Baylor, yeah. Baylor's going to be uh, interesting for sure. Yeah, super good. And, and Dave Aranda right now feels like he should be one, like like one of the hottest coaches in college football. His name, of course, in the offseason was thrown in. People were saying that's who LSU wanted. You know, whatever. That's who Southern Cal wanted. He ended up staying at Baylor. Who knows what the truth was to what those teams? You know, if those other schools had offered him. But an incredible season last year, and they look. You know, they're hoping to repeat, and I think they'll be good enough to. They finished what fifth last year in the. Uh College football rankings? I think so, yeah. I think they finished fifth. It was a uh, school record, school best. Yeah, they beat Ole Miss in a, a New Year's Six game. And um, you know, and then, of course, every year it's a storyline, but what is Texas going to be like? We don't know. I mean, the, the recruiting has been gangbusters, uh, like always. And so there's a lot of awesome question marks you know, regarding the Big 12. Can Oklahoma State kind of uh, come back and be as good as they were last year? And Tower, I'm interested to know kind of how, especially where your power rankings are, because to me, it feels like everyone is kind of penciling in Oklahoma based off of the talent that's there. But again, it, it, it's a question mark to me knowing how is Brett Venables going to be as a head coach? What is that offense going to be like with Dylan Gabriel, who, you know, I think to me, there's so much variance in what his capability is, is going to be like at Oklahoma. He could be really good. He could be Heisman level. Uh, or he could just be kind of average, and it could maybe work, you know, against uh, what everyone thinks Oklahoma is going to be this year. Well, so let's start with Brett Venables. I think it's going to be a change and a really, really, really interesting shift for OU because they went from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley, and that was sort of like an in the family hire, right? That's sort yeah. of like handing it off to the the most of the alumni, most of the fans were happy with that move, happy with that decision. And so this is sort of like the first outsider coming into OU football in decades. And he's, well, he he did coach there as a defensive coordinator under 
under Bob Stoops. That's so he true. Has, that's he true. has some history there. But so he's, he's got a bit of a it's background. Not, he hasn't been there in a long time, well, though. And again, the higher, I'm talking more of, you're right, he does have an OU background. It's more of a schematic thing, right? Because Lincoln took a lot of what Bob, now Bob Stoops was a defensive guy. Right. Lincoln was an offensive guy, but he still took a lot of what Bob did. For sure. Brett Venables is implementing a lot of his own stuff, and a lot of what Clemson did. And Blowing and going. I think the most interesting, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, the most interesting thing to me and, and the biggest thing to watch for in terms of how to handicap this team is how much of a shift and how much of an input is he stressing for the defense to now play a big, bigger part in the team? Because OU's always done one thing well. Move the football, score the football. And the defenses, I mean, they've had good defenses you know, every you know, occasionally year to year, but they've never really won because of their defense. And I think Venables is going to want to shift that. I think he's going to want to have that defense and the Big 12 be the factor that makes OU an elite team. So does that make the uh, offense intrinsically worse? Because sometimes, even in the NFL, you see that where a defense gets better, maybe less attention is put to the offense. Uh, or does the offense stay elite? And now OU's looked at really on that level, maybe like uh, an Alabama in a couple of years. So this could go a lot of different directions. And I think that's what I'm the most excited to watch is how Brett Venable's impact changes this team affects this team how they look on the field, and then I want to see how the fans react. OU fans are vocal. We're gonna look an, an early loss against a, a, a maybe not so great team. It could be ugly quickly in Norman. So I think this is the team to watch this year in the Big Twelve. Now, Will, you said a lot of people have them written in to win the Big Twelve. Obviously, they're the favorite right now, but to me, it comes down to the odds, right? Um, I'm not. I'm not sold on OU. There's a lot of question marks this year. Now they've got a great roster, good, you know, great coaching staff. And then you mentioned uh, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. I think his arrow should be up because he's got his offensive coordinator back. We, he had a lot of success with it at UCF. Right. Yeah. So he's the that, guy who recruited him there. Yeah. So Jeff for, that, Levy. for that reason, you know, Le, my, I took my Chevy by the Levy and the Levy was dry. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up on OU, but everyone's up on OU. So I actually have a feeling they're going to be a little overrated to start the season. And I would be looking, look, you don't blindly bet these things. And I don't know if we did intros today for, for those new to the show. I know we're growing like crazy, by the way, thank you to those who listen. Remember to subscribe, like the show, you know, it's, we look at the numbers and it's just awesome. I think we have a listener, several listeners in every uh, state of the SEC and Big Ten. So it's it's awesome. People are spreading the news and listening. A lot of Rutgers fans listening. A lot of Rutgers fans. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out Jersey. But I, I I think that the offensive coordinator guiding things and Dylan Gabriel and and what he can do that's going to be they're going to be able to take a step forward this year. So yeah, I yeah. Well, I think that's the main reason why people are so amped up on Oklahoma is because we we've seen the flashes of talent with with Dylan Gabriel and having him reunite with Jeff Levy, who by the way did really good things at Ole Miss last year as the offensive coordinator. Now it's kind of hard to gauge how much of that is him, how much of that was Lane Kiffin, because you know Lane Kiffin is obviously. A uh, very experienced play caller, offensive mind, and so how much of the success that Ole Miss had last year on offense, you know, due to Jeff Lebby or Lane Kiffin, who knows? But to be reunited with Dylan Gabriel, who, as you mentioned, you know, he was his offensive coordinator there at UCF. Uh, he recruited him there. He's clearly familiar with him, and he's the, the type of guy he wanted in the first place. People were excited about that, and they have so much talent. And actually, I expect the Oklahoma defense to be very good because you know it. I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure Brett Venables is not calling the plays. I don't know if we can uh, double check on that, but being the head coach, he's not calling the plays. But one of the things that has always been talked about for years when Brett Venables was a defensive coordinator at Clemson is that like the real secret to him wasn't necessarily the game planning. It's not that he was bad at that. He was certainly very good at it. 
um, or the X's and O's and everything is that what you constantly heard from other teams and other coaches in the ACC is that Brett Venables was like a like a Navy code breaker at at stealing other teams' signals. He was really good at learning other teams' signals, and he was really good at getting the calls out to his defense rapid fire, like at the last second once he saw the signal come in, understanding what the play was going to be and giving them an edge on that uh, on that front. And so, no doubt, he's that's not everything, but to have that at Oklahoma, and again, I don't know if there's going to be maybe a delay in that because he hasn't had he hasn't been in the Big Twelve for so long, so he's not familiar with these coaching staffs and what they use for signal calling and all that stuff. But if the defense gets as good as what we're used to seeing a Brett Venables defense be, then we're talking about an Oklahoma team that could be really scary and honestly could be a playoff contender and make a run because we know that the talent is there, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And if things if things go really well, they're going to be really good. But I'm like you, I'm a little question like questionable, and I think that. You know, look, their schedule's not that tough, but that at Nebraska game week three isn't going to be easy. Nebraska almost beat a lot of really good teams last year. Nebraska yeah. almost beat Ohio. They gave Ohio State a scare. They came really close to beating Michigan at home last year, a playoff team. I mean, they, Nebraska had like nine losses last year, and I yeah. think seven of, them were, seven of them were by like eight points or less. I think the last couple of years they've been that way. Yeah, and so I expect them to be not like super good, but a scrappy team again. So that's a tough one. They they have to go at TCU. You know, obviously they, Texas is neutral, but the rest of their schedule is not terrible. They get Baylor at home. They get Oklahoma State at home. So you're looking at their toughest road games as being like, you know, at Nebraska, at Iowa State, at TCU. That's not bad. And, and, and I mean, look, tune back in week to week because we're going to have our opinion. Because right now it's tough to tell what's going to be happening in October and in November. And injuries happen, storylines happen, things change. So. Right now, I like OU. I like the uh, the outlook of OU. But on a week-to-week basis, I will have my question marks based on matchups, based on certain things, how we see this coaching staff perform. So sure. right now, overall, I think the way I would approach it is to take OU team totals under... Um, What's their win total? Oh, by the way, I don't even know if I finished my thing last time. I was going to say to everyone out there, I'm a I'm a professional sports bet. I don't know if Will said that. That's like my role I on the show. I did not. That's my role on the show is, is to talk about bets and how bets are profitable and things like that. And so when it comes to OU, if we're just picking winners you know, amongst your friends at the bar, OU is probably the, the good pick right now. But if it's in terms of the best bet, I think OU doesn't have a lot of value for the reasons I just said. A lot of question marks. Ten starters, by the way, coming back. Doesn't that concern you a little bit on both sides of the football? Only 10 starters back. Now, it's OU, right? They, right. they reload like Alabama, but continuity is, it would be nice. I mean, it'd be nice to go in there to 17, 16 starters back. I mean, that's obviously idealistic, but it's not the best situation for Venables to go into, and we've never seen him coach before. Right. So well, there's a lot. Sorry. Well, I was just going right, to say, right. like, like you, you know, returning starters is obviously nice to have, but that's just starters. I mean, OU was putting out guys to fill holes for injuries just for, you know, to give other guys rest, all of that stuff. Okay, um, so, so let me let me let me say something to that. I agree that in general, it's not a maybe a red flag for every team if you don't have a sure. lot of starters coming back, but it is very indicative if you do have a ton of starters coming back. So for yes, the teams we yes. see, that is 10 starters, 9 starters on offense, 10 on defense, those teams we can say, wow, the backups have gotten better. This team's right. going to be... So you're right. Maybe it's a hit or miss if you got 4 or 5 coming back on offense, defense. But what we know is if you got a lot coming back. So I agree sure. with you there. It's going to be 50-50. Well, and to your other point, too, um, um, we've never seen Venables have to 
be a head coach. So yeah. so now he he doesn't only just have the defense to worry about. He's he's got to worry about both sides of the ball. He's got to worry about special teams, about uh, well, challenges, well, time management, and the coaching staffs and the media. Exactly, that's, and, that's and, what I'm saying. And, 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 and some and that's players going to say, "Coach, my parents need you know the uh, or whatever you know dad or whatever." He's going to have to deal with all the right. nonsense we don't think about. And that's right. why that's why I think I'm most excited about. Uh, the head coaching position about Oklahoma, not necessarily a single player. I want to see how because Venables was a hot commodity for years now, for and, sure. he, and no, he finally, true. finally left Clemson and and Dabo's coaching family. And I'm just really excited to see what what he has in store. Yeah, and he's been recruiting super well. Uh, Oklahoma's doing really great there. So again, I mean, you know, the, I think the the future is bright for them. Uh, but will he live up to that standard of Lincoln Riley is kind of yet to be seen. But you know, going on to you know Baylor, who again won the won the Big Twelve last Baylor year. Next, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even know her. No one, <laughs> no one even gave them a shot until like week eight. All of a sudden, we were like, "Oh wow, this team is really good," and they go in and they end up winning the winning the Big Twelve. Um, they bring back the quarterback Blake Shapin, who again wasn't the the starting quarterback for most of the year last year, but he looked really good when he did. And the one thing about Dave Aranda that we just know is that in big games, his defense is going to show up if there is a guy who we know has a fantastic game plan when it comes to those big game uh, moments. It's Dave Aranda. And you're right. I mean, like going back to what you said about Oklahoma starters, you know, Baylor doesn't have that many starters coming back either. They're they're six on offense, six on defense. Um, But having the continuity at quarterback, a guy like Blake Shapin, who I think, you know, if, if he improves... Uh, from what he did last year, could be one of the best in the Big he's, Twelve. Potentially. He's shaping up to be good this year. <laughs> but look, I mean, there. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. I should have hit you with, <laughs> with, with the butt. Um, yeah, you, you're laying on the buns sorry, today, man. Dude. You got to step it up over there, Ryan. <laughs> Usually, you it don't is, deserve it, is, it. It is your title is producer Ryan, right? That's some producing back there. My God. But if you look at <laughs> if you look at Baylor's win total, it's seven and a half games. But, um, and and the, the main reason for that is their schedule is not easy. They put, First of all, they're at BYU Week 2, which is not an easy matchup. That's a future Big 12 matchup for them. They have to play Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas all on the road. So, so it, it is 7.5. Is, is there a heavy VIG to the over? Uh, you know? Yeah, I think it's like minus 150 to the over. Because, But I, even still, I mean, uh, you know, their home games are TCU, Kansas State, Kansas... Oklahoma no, State I, and, I like, and Texas State. I like the State. over here. I mean, I'm I, I'm like you. I'm in on Dave Aranda. Right, I think he's agreeing. done great things. Now, it, it, it's funny. People who hate on Dave Aranda say, well, look at two years ago. Look how bad they were. You think last year was an anomaly or you think last year was the real thing? Two years ago, he barely implanted his offense. They were dealing with all the COVID nonsense. And Baylor was a shit show before. Yeah, him. they really were. Last year, we saw who the real coach is. And he greatly, one of the, one of the teams to exceed expectations the most in the regular season. So I think that Baylor is set up for really good things this year, and seven and a half. I'm 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 gonna take the over. Yeah, I'm I gonna mean, make that like one of my best bets this year. That's gonna count for one of my tallies that I make my uh, picks for that I count for the show. That's a best bet right here. Over seven and a half. I'm giving it out for the season. I like that. Even I, at minus one fifty. By the way, minus one fifty represents exactly sixty percent. So what that means is if we think they're going to go over 7.5, of the time, that's still a good bet. So minus 150, I'm not afraid of that. I think that's a, a best bet this year. Yeah, I mean, if they win that at BYU game out of the shoots, they have a really good chance at that. Because at that point, like even if they were to lose to Texas, Oklahoma, you know, and let's say 
Iowa State on the road, they're still nine and three. Right, right. If and we for expect Baylor them fans, to win, we know they play Albany first. He means the first like like game, like like tough game out of the shoot. Yeah, like, sorry Al- to all of our <laughs> Albany <laughs> exactly. Albany fans. No, but I agree. Texas State at Iowa State. Uh oh, Matt Campbell. Albany Tigers. Oh, Matt Campbell. Maybe have Iowa State <laughs> heated up for that game. Watch out. You're gonna hit one of these times. Well, you know what's funny is that is that. Matt Campbell, this is actually right where he needs to be. When, when no, when I'm not talking about him, when when they have major underdog vibes, this yeah. will be the year where it's more likely for them to go for ten wins than when all the hype is on them. Yeah, no, I mean exactly. Well, ten wins again. Iowa State has never won ten games in the history of Iowa State football. I asked you last year if you thought they were going to do it, and he's like, "Oh, of course, of course they are. Ten wins, first time ever." Yeah. What I don't think he was year? that confident, but no, that's my recreation. That's what happens when I tell stories. You got to spice it up a little bit. You got to add a little paprika. But uh, Will, what do you think? Uh, what is Iowa State's over under this year? Do we have that? Um, have you seen this or heard about this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> Iowa State's win oh, total South Park is. Fans out there. Um, do we have a drum roll? Six and we, a half. We can fill a little time. With, I don't six even, and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. And look, oh I don't God. think I don't think they're going to have a good year. That's this, pathetic. I'm we don't we don't under. have to rehash. We don't have to rehash the Matt, the great Matt Campbell debate that has been had on this show. I Please mean, don't. just whoa, a whoa, countless whoa, whoa, number whoa. of times. Just to quickly quickly fill in, I just think that Matt Campbell's been overrated. I don't hate the guy. I think he's a good coach. Actually, I just think the hype for Matt Campbell a couple years ago was way too high. And look, the hiring process in the NFL and NCAA and the couple in the subsequent years have proven my point. He's still at Iowa State. He's still winning eight or nine games a year. He's still a very good coach, and that's about it. So yeah. that's my opinion. No more, no less. People thought for a second I hated Matt Campbell. It's like, no, let's just pump the brakes. That's all I said for, for you know, well, Matt Campbell. I what I always said was that he was the best football or best <laughs> coach in college football history. So that's why the debate got so, Will said, got so large. Bear, Will said uh, uh, Saban, Bear Bryant, and then uh, Matt yeah, Campbell. Yeah, I mean, look, they lose Brock Purdy, which actually may not even be a bad thing with how much his like talent and performance declined. He was really good as like a freshman, and it seemed like every year he got worse and worse and worse. They lose Brock Purdy. They lose Brees Hall, who I think went second round in the NFL draft. I mean, a really good running back. Uh, that's a big deal. And they're not return- uh, they only returned three starters on defense. So I, I don't expect Iowa State to be good. I do expect them to still be to have like one chaos game in them where they upset someone that they're not supposed to to beat because again that is just kind of their vibe under Matt Campbell is they usually have one of those a year but are they going to compete for the Big Twelve or even be in the top three or four No that's that's my opinion on it um, I'm much more interested in, in honestly seeing where Texas is I know that the people that are not Texas fans is Texas back hate right hearing check is Texas back. Yet.com, I think it is. Yeah, we did figure this out. Look, it's the offseason, so they're always back. And <laughs> exactly. you're well, back. Look, if it's the offseason and you get Arch Manning, then you're back. If we did op- purely offseason ratings, right? Now, Alabama's number one preseason, but just offseason. Texas is always Texas an offseason playoff one. game. <laughs> they're, 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 at least playoff. They're, they're yes. a playoff team at in the offseason every team. year. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's brutal. If you're an Oklahoma fan or whatever, you're a TCU fan or an Oklahoma State fan. Every time that Texas is brought up, I'm sure you're just pounding the table. You're like, shut up about these guys. They haven't done shit. But the truth is that they're an incredible storyline. They have a ton of talent, and I'm I'm super excited to actually see what they do on the field this year, and especially if they can improve on defense. Because the thing about them is that last year, they started, I think, 4-1 and one or 4-2, and two, and then they lost yeah. six straight games. Okay, yeah, that was not good. Which was insane. It snowballed for them. 
However, no, so that's the that's the first time they've lost six in a row since, since like the fifties, right? Yeah, yeah, nineteen fifty six. Yeah. Ryan, do you have his Texas back yet? Yeah, is Texas back yet? Uh, it's a firm no at zero percent. No but, way! No, oh, see, on the, it can't be no on no, the off season because they're no. always back. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, I think this is. I think this is just since uh, you know we're so close to the season. What do you starting, think? But, what do you think fans think of Steve Sarkeesian? Not, I don't know. I don't know what your opinion because I I don't know your opinion. Texas Maybe fans or football think. fans? Texas fans. Or do they like Sark or do they look at that six loss gap and say, mm. "Boy, this is a bad sign." Me personally, I think that they were really high on Sark and then they blew the Oklahoma game last year, and I, that's when I think things started to... That uh, is when things went south. Yeah, start going is. south. But I guess again, a better like, way to ask that's, this, maybe... That's the thing yeah. about Sark. Like they, you look at a lot of those losses, I believe in two or three of those losses, they had like like 14-point triple di- yeah. or 21-point or, or right. leads at one but point. But you could they also on, blame him for They were up on Oklahoma by... For sure. That's yes. game management, too. But like especially early in games, they were really hot. They were like the best first quarter bet in all of football last year. Yeah. Like they were just hammering teams out of the gate, and then the adjustments would come through and they'd start to get smoked. So maybe a better way to put this, or maybe a better way to ask this is, Will, you have a lot of family who is uh, in the OU, who are OU fans, right? Well, actually, no, more so Texas. But yeah, oh, my, okay. my, dad, my dad is a huge Oklahoma Fans. So you tell he me, just Texas. based on the, the the amount of fans that you know for each, what do the Texas fans think of Sark? And then what does your dad, the OU fans, think of Sark? Because you know what I've always said about a bad coach. Remember when uh, Helton was at USC and I'm like, don't fire him. Keep him there. They're <laughs> in the Pac-12 South Sea. So if there's a bad coach, generally, if you hate the team, you want him to stay. So right. what do they think? Uh, I mean, wow. We're going to get some some Twitter DMs from my dad uh, after after we announce his opinion uh, without his consent. But um, <laughs> I would say that what I know what his opinion of Texas is, is that they never live up to the hype. It's always hype. It's a great recruiting. Can't win on the field. Uh, what do you think about Sark? I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know that anyone has a hard opinion on Sark right now because he's such a question mark. He clearly has talent Ooh, as a the question mark. Did you hear it? Ah, the question Sark. Uh, <laughs> he he clearly has incredible talent at play calling and game planning. We know that. I mean, uh, anyone can do it at Alabama, but he everywhere he's gone out of the gate, like he's really good at dialing up huge plays, big wins. Thank you so much, Allie. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little mid-show water refill. Incredible. I mean, wow. Um, Talk about service. And uh, like early in games, like they come out and the game plan is great, but how he is as a head coach hasn't been good. I mean, he wasn't very good at Washington. He, uh, you know, he was struggling with alcoholism at USC, but I'm not even sure if that was the factor in him like not being a good head coach. It didn't right. help. It, well, it certainly didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you wait, know, wait, what did you say? <laughs> He's what, calling plays. Like again, though, he starts talking about his ex-wife <laughs> during the play call. <laughs> it's the same thing when they hired Herman though, is like they got the guy who everyone wanted at the time. So they're, they're, like, you can't fault the university of Texas for hiring the hottest name in coaching every time that one becomes available. Sure. Right. But you know, I think Texas he, is doing what they can. I'll give them credit. Here's the thing, though: if last year they had a top forty defense, maybe even a top fifty defense, they they probably win eight or nine games. Right. I mean, they probably don't blow the lead against Oklahoma. The, their defense was a sieve last year, especially against the run. They were giving up huge plays. Um, they were clearly undisciplined. Remember when that video broke of the defensive lineman coach chewing out all the players in the bus? And players are leaking it, you know, on Twitter and shit. And so I think it's it's a dysfunctional culture and, and locker room potentially. And I think that if they can get a few things going right, and again, like they're they're a team that hangs on on a razor's edge that if things start going bad, they can really go bad fast. Yeah. That's what happened last year with all those losses. They snowball, they end up losing to Kansas 
And there's so much better than that. We know Texas should never lose to Kansas. But I think that this year, if Quinn Ewers ends up being really good at quarterback, we don't know for sure that he's going to be the starter, but everyone's kind of penciling him in. If he's really good and the defense is just remotely solid, I mean, they don't have to be a top 25 defense. They have to be a top 40 defense and just not give up massive run plays constantly. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to be a really good team, a dangerous team. Is Bijan Robinson coming back? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, he a, was a true freshman last year, so he's got... Oh, uh, I thought he was older than that. No, B. John Robinson I'm, is a, I'm, I'm is a sophomore. Him, I'm taking him as my Heisman. He's nah, a, not a freak pick. of nature, yeah. super talented, does everything right. He's a freshman? Yeah, he was a true Jesus. freshman last year. And and they're loaded at wide receiver. Now, one of those guys they just lost for the season, they, yeah. brought, they brought in a transfer wide receiver from uh, Wyoming, uh, Isaiah Nayer, who people were really excited about, and just awful for him. I, I believe it was an ACL or maybe an Achilles or something, but even still, like... You know, Xavier Worthy, who, by the way, last year was also a true freshman yeah. and had a huge year. He's there. They're loaded on like on the offense in general. They're bringing back seven starters. Can the offensive line allow them to run the ball and, and, and actually control the clock a little bit? And can the defense be solid? And if it is, they could be they could win the Big 12 legitimately. Yeah, and real quick, just on the offensive line, I saw this week they lost their starting center and their second string center to season-ending yeah. knee injuries. That's not good. Texas? Yeah. Ooh, Center's wow. an important spot. So. Um, uh, I've I've got the week two line, so they host Bama week two. Texas does. Uh, it's currently seventeen and a half. <laughs> God you got damn. any leans for that at home? Um, honestly, I would actually take Texas at home plus seventeen and a half. Damn it. it's not because <laughs> I was going to say give me Bama now because you know I don't bet against Saban generally. Correct. But this is a that's a fat line right well, there. Well, and like even <laughs> even in Herman's last year at Texas, if you were like the hype works for them early on. Like they almost beat LSU the year LSU won the national championship game. They they played them at home and it was a really close game. They gave them a legit run yep. for their money. And if you if you had played that game week nine, LSU would have blown them out by thirty five, right? But I think that there is something to you know it's a fresh season. The uh, the slate is wiped clean, and so again, like they're just a fascinating storyline for me, and I'm really excited to see how Sark does there and can the defense just turn it around, turn around a little bit because you know. Pete Kwiatkowski or whatever, however you pronounce it, really, I, I was shocked that he didn't do better things with their defense last year. But again, a lot of it is like discipline. They were a poor tackling team, yeah. like missed tackles left and right. Well, and that, that stuff can be cleaned up easily. You know what they need this year is some tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. They need some tackling fuel. <laughs> tackling fuel. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, outside, outside of those teams, like I, Tyler, I know... You didn't mention... Uh, you're a big Oklahoma State fan. That's where this is going, right? Uh, no. Oh. No, no, okay. no. Kansas State. Oh, okay. Deuce. I love Deuce. My yeah. Deuce, uh, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce He's Vaughn. awesome. So One Deuce, of the best in the country, honestly. So hold on, hold on. I actually want to talk about that for a second because I don't want fan, uh, fans of the show who listened last year to like misconstrue things. I want to be very clear about something. Outside of the CU buffs, I don't cheer for teams. I just thought Oklahoma State was underrated last year, and right. they proved that. They crushed against the spread. One of the best teams in college football. They, won, they went to the Big 12 title game. So I was high on them last year because everyone else was down on them. I'm not an OSU fan. I mean, I have the little statue behind them because it was my dad's. But I, I, I'm actually a little down on OSU in general this year if you want to get them, kind of just talk about them real quick. Um, they lost seven of their defenders, and they won last year because of their defense. And their now, defensive coordinator, Their Jim defensive Moles. coordinator. Well, that's a big one, too. Moles. <laughs> so they do have one of the best defensive lines in the country. As a matter of fact, Phil Steele has their defensive line ranked third in the entire country. Best D-line in the Big 12. Wow. The question is, the seven behind them. And then in the Big 12, that's what you need. A, a defensive line can only take you so far in the Big 12. So 
I love Mike Gundy. I think he'll still win eight, nine games because he's a great coach, very underrated coach. But, well, maybe seven, eight games. I'm not sure this year. I'm not going to go hard stance on Oklahoma State right now. Let's maybe get win, their win total is at eight and a half. Yeah, so right so there. So are you going to lean under? Uh,. Uh, I I think that's a perfect number, so I'm not going to lean anyway. I would put it right at eight and a half myself, top of my head. I don't have it, all my stuff in front of me, but that sounds right to me. So I'm not going to make a bet either way. But it's about pretty favorable couple, schedule. It's about a couple things, yeah. Not a bad schedule, but it comes down to how good does the secondary play and the linebackers, you know. But everyone behind the D line, can they step up and actually play well? Is this going to be a repeatable thing for OSU? If so. I mean, this is going to be another good team. If not, they're going to go back to, like I said, eight, nine wins. Uh, Spencer Sanders, how does he do as well? If he has a breakout year, potential dark horse Heisman contender, because he's going to have to do a lot this year. If the defense is giving up points, they're going to have to win games 45, 42, things like that. So maybe Spencer Sanders is kind of a, a dark horse Heisman. Gundy's going to give him the reins, but no, Will, I'm, I'm certainly not high on, on Oklahoma State this year, so I wanted to get that out of the way. But Deuce Vaughn, everyone look for Deuce Vaughn. I mean, he's maybe, Ryan, you mentioned uh, B. John Robinson, who I think should make B. John's D. John. Some mustard place has to scoop him up. But, uh, I mean, you talk about NIL perfection, just like uh, d- uh, the coldest. But uh, That's right. Uh, who am I talking about here? Uh, Kansas State. Can- uh, Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> what? Deuce Vaughn. Watch for Deuce. He's not Deuce he's means awesome. two, right? Deuce means two. Deuce means two. I don't know or if he's. The, I don't know if he's the. <laughs> I don't know if he's the second best player in the Big Twelve. He may the, be the best. If Deuce played at Texas, and Bijan played at Kansas State, I think Deuce would get more headlines. Honestly, so Deuce is my boy. He's I like awesome. Deuce. And look, Kansas State's like a solid team. It's not just Deuce. Oh, for sure. Like I really like Chris Kleiman. Their they're coach. one of those teams. Do, they don't get enough uh, cloud, enough headlines. They no. win. They, they're like they, an they under the radar them. team. Yeah. You're right. They're usually underappreciated, undervalued, uh, and they bring in a transfer quarterback, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. Who, oh, boo! So now I know now Tyler's oh, anti. God. No, but he's not for Nebraska anymore. So now you. No, can, that doesn't matter. I, again, <laughs> once a I'm Husker, always, always a Husker. If Nebraska has value. I'll put some. Goddamn no, money I know, Nebraska. but you're booing. Adrian Martinez is not a good quarterback. I've never thought he, he was. Uh, good. Here's I the don't thing like about to play the whole Adrian Martinez. Card. I but but or, uh, thank you, Adrian Martinez. What did I say? Counter? No, you said Adrian Martinez. Oh, okay, but I was going to say been in baseball mode. A lot of Adrians in baseball. I'm like, counterpoint go, uh, on Adrian Martinez. He is a good quarterback, but he is also a bad quarterback. Like you know what I mean? Oh, that's such he's a both. well answer. No, 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 no. Right it's there. not. I would. I'm not saying he's <laughs> average. He is both. At any given time, he can have a drive where he like he lights flashes, it up, flashes. and then he he's like a fumble machine. He's a turnover yep. machine, and so he's really good and really bad all at the same time. I'll give you this: if he plays well, Kansas State will be in the conversation in November to win the Big Twelve. Or at least compete for the Big Twelve. Mm. They'll be in that like they'd group, be like group the, the of like sleeper four, team, maybe the sleeper, maybe. But they're going to be in, in the highlights. When ESPN says here are the teams going into November, who have a chance. If he's playing well, if Martinez plays well, I think Kansas State's going to be in that uh, group. What would oh, you guess hey, their win total is? And I'll tell you some of their tougher games. So here's their. I've got their schedule ahead of me, but okay. for the audience, for the audience, yeah, yeah, name some. So at Oklahoma, of course, at TCU, at Baylor, at West Virginia, and they do play Missouri non-conference at home. But who knows? I how say good their Missouri win total is going to be seven and a half. Current win total for Kansas State six and a half. Okay. So, okay. Um, I mean, look, it could be shade to the over there. If you're, they went eight and five last year. So if you're if you're looking and obviously that probably includes over. I'm not going to make a best bet like I did uh, uh, earlier because these are of course yeah. you know uh, win totals pre bowl game so it's regular season win total but I am excited for the Big Twelve in general 
And yeah, I think too. it could shake out a lot of different ways. And there's probably four teams that could win it where I wouldn't be very surprised. Uh, I agree with that. I, right now, like I said, if I had to pick one team without any odds, obviously Oklahoma's got a lot of talent. Brett Venables, his upside, his ceiling is very high. Um, but it's good. Like, like you said, Will, a lot of teams right there in it. Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma. It's going to be fun to watch this year for sure. I'm excited for sure. 12. Now, before we do the... Uh, well, hold on. Actually, before we get to... Okay. I'm yeah. sorry to... You want to talk a little bit about Kansas Jayhawks. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go over our uh, a bet that we had. Okay. Because I listened back to the last two shows, mm-hmm. and both of us are all I over the place. I have my spreadsheet open. I'm ready. Yeah. Good. So both <laughs> of us are all over the place for the UAB bet that we have. So two sh- So just to let, refresh the, the, new, yeah. the new listeners, uh, we made Tyler a bet a couple... Tyler has a picked couple, them to make the playoff. A couple uh, shows ago... <laughs> And I had said that they were going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. But actually, during that show, if you go back and listen, I am confused during the back. And I said, any game during the 31st or the 1st. Because you even said, Will actually, the the most accurate part of the first part of our bet was when Will mentioned four or five of the actual Bulls. Which the Bulls are, the New Year's Six Bulls are. Sugar, orange. Yeah, sugar, uh, orange, fiesta, rose, 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 peach, and peach cotton. And, and cotton. cotton. And what I mistook, what I mistook was... I thought all of the games during those two days were considered just the New Year's Six Bowls or other games. Yeah, but sometimes it's like the Duke's Mayo Bowl is played well, on the same the thing, day or whatever. This year, there technically is a New Year's Six, but it's not the New Year's Six because the Orange Bowl is played on the 30th. And that's why I got confused because this year... What it, are the New Year's Six Bowls this year? Do you have them up? Uh, well, look, tell me? So, so again, the New Year's Six Bowls are always the same. Right. That's where I got right. there wrong. So so, so the the first time, we're, just, just to go over the bet real quick. I just want to make sure that the, the they're semantics. not going to make the uh, the Cheez-It Bowl and be considered a New Year's Six Bowl no. by you know default because it's played on New Year's Day. If anything, it might be the Tampa Bay Bowl. And so, but that's what I will. I don't want to get away on. We have to do the spirit of the bet, right? We, we don't do semantics on the. If it's a Tampa Bay Bowl, like, I don't want to, you know, we have to Here's understand the thing, what though. we're saying. If they actually did make like the Holiday Bowl, I'd give you that because that that's always like the one, I just the want, last one out of the New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, we may just have to restructure this a little bit based on what, what, what how we're feeling. We, yeah. The vibe. So, so, so the first show, I even said, if you go back and listen, I was like, wait, I thought there were other smaller bowls. And you said, and then last show, Last week, you had said just New Year's Day. So it's kind of all over the place. So I just want to reiterate our UAB bet. And what I, what I, uh, my, the spirit of the bet for me there was UAB is going to make a bowl a lot higher than what people think this right. year. Now, I would still make that bet at 10 to 1, or, you know, the 10 to 1 is where it's going to get off because you made the bet at 10 to 1 thinking it was going to be rose, sugar, cotton, peach. And because that's yeah. why you were so confident, because I'm going back and listening. Or even like why including like Holiday already, Bowl in there. Yeah. And even if you throw the Holiday that's Bowl in there. That's why I thought it was preposterous when you threw it my way. I was like, yes, I'll but give you 10 to 1. But there's three or four <laughs> other bowls in there right. this year. So can we include those bowls? Do I think we, what we need to do is we actually need to, we need to look at the bowl schedule. We don't have to do it now. We need to look at the bowl schedule and decide which bowls we feel are like historically. Like, I don't know if the Music City Bowl is really a good bowl or not. I don't know if the if the Duke's Mail Bowl means anything. I don't know if the the military bowl is that big a deal. You know what I mean? We got to find the ones where it would be a, a legit achievement for them, and then maybe adjust the ten to one odds. Well, see, and and how I walked away from it was UAB is going to make one of these six bowls. Take New Year's out of it. They could play it on Christmas. But see, I I also I, I was under the I guess I guess it was the those main, six bowls. It makes one of them, and that may be how the audience took it. Well, my my. What I was trying to get across is those those bulls on on New Year's Day or the thirty first those big bulls. I thought it was generally considered all part of that 
celebration of the, the games. I, did I you like run a new? Out loud. Did you run like a new report in your system on UAB actually, and, and, and downgrade them? I actually <laughs> promise there's none of that going on. I know. I, I believe no, you. I'm no, but but you. I just wanted to clarify because we we've talked about that the last couple of weeks, and so maybe we can bring it up in next week. Because uh, we're wrapping yeah. up with the SEC next week, so so we'll we'll shore that bet up. But maybe we'll do a five to one with some stuff. But I want to make sure we both have a good understanding of what's going on with that bet because I love UAB this year and I want something to represent my love for them because no one's talking about them right now and Lays they are up. a team absolutely on my radar. So let's do that next week. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, now before obviously we we're gonna do the the second round of our brackets, but first we got to give a shout out to BetUS. BetUS best sportsbook offshore. That uh, we can recommend. Now, if you like to bet with Bet uh, MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, that's great. That, I, I like to bet with them as well. But it's important that you have multiple outs when you bet sports. And here's the reason why. If we say Alabama, Texas, you can get Texas right now, 17 and a half, or Alabama, minus 17 and a half. And a lot of you out there in Alabama are going, let go, roll tide. I won't take Alabama. Well, what if Bet US has Alabama minus 17? And you can get them for a much better price. And if right. they win by 17, they get your money back. So that's 16 why, and a half, even. That's why you want your other outs, even 16 and a half. That's an even better is going to have those outs. They also have fun bets like entertainment bets. If you like to watch TV shows, you can bet on what's going to happen on those on BetUS. They have casino games. It's just so much fun. So uh, you can get your money in easy, get your money out easy. Now, here's what I recommend everyone do. Use promo code TAILGATE, but don't use the initial sign-up bonus. It's a huge like 25 times rollover. What that means is if you put in 50 bucks, you have to bet like $1,000, like $500 just to get your money out. So don't do that. What you want to do is use promo code TAILGATE, put 25, 50 bucks, and however much you want to. If you want to put in a couple hundred, great. But then they're going to start sending you emails like crazy with good offers. They sent me one the other day. It's like a five times rollover with a 100% deposit bonus. So you get much better offers with the emails. Use promo code TAILGATE though, or those emails aren't going to come nearly as often. So betus.com promo code TAILGATE and uh, help us out a little bit. Yeah, find another podcast that's going to actually tell you the real shit. Like, hey, don't don't take that that rollover bonus. It's it's not <laughs> well, to your benefit. No, I mean we want to be real with the audience, and we that's but part the of truth what we do is on that BetUS is awesome. Like, yeah, the rollover bonus, like, can can we'll get some people, but BetUS is great. Um, they they do quick cash outs. My buddy who signed up with them uh, using our promo code, he he plays roulette all the time. Oh yeah. Like, what are you doing? Is eh, roll spinning that wheel, baby. Red twenty three. Like, okay, all day. Go for it. You know, whatever you want there, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's totally worth it, and uh, you know it's just another out, another sports book. I promise you, it's great. And if you want customer service, try talking to a DraftKings agent on the phone. It oh is you can't do it. You got to send emails. You got to wait for them to get back. Sometimes I've disputed a bet with DraftKings because they make mistakes. It's taken them a day to get back. Bet US, you can call on the spot. Right in seconds, get to them. And, yeah, uh, for sure, and understand them. So there you go. Uh, all right, now. If you didn't listen last week, we had a very contentious first round of our best tailgate food bracket. If you if you want to see the bracket for yourself and follow along, uh, go to either uh, go to Twitter and follow us at CFB underscore pod, uh, CFB underscore pod, or go to Instagram. Give us a follow at College Football Tailgate, and we have posted there the updated bracket that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, exactly, and and so we're on to the second round. And now things, these are probably going to be t- just tougher decisions. Obviously, you know, burgers beat salad, the one versus 16, that's easy. But right out of the gate, you know, we have a tough one. So let's just get right into it. With the one seed versus the nine seed, we have the one seed is burgers versus ribs at nine. And this is 
frankly, I mean, 1v9, this is a, this is a competitive There's one. There's some big matchups, and I don't want to call conspiracy theory on this one, but I do want to say the committee maybe had some second-round matchups in mind. You know how sometimes the committee will fudge some games? Like, second round, you get, like, Duke, North Carolina on and off here, right? You mean you? Well, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you guys are I the mean, committee. By the committee, I mean me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll get to one in a second, but there could be some spicy second-round matchups here. Burgers versus ribs is not I easy. I like this one. Now, look, I, a good rib might beat a, a good burger. How, like, But for me, the truth is that at a tailgate, a burger is cleaner. It's easier. And that's what this comes down to. It t- best tailgate food. Exactly. It's not just like, hey, give me the best rib at a at you know at the best at, at Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, or whatever. It's at a tailgate, and I'm such a burger guy. Burgers are actually one of my favorite food in the whole world. Now, a tailgate burger is not the same thing as like a nice restaurant burger or whatever. But I got to go burger here, and it pains me because I love ribs. I okay. really do. Okay, I I want to be clear here also because if we're at a restaurant and there's ribs on the menu or a burger, I'm ordering ribs. I like ribs. I'm a big barbecue fan. And if you do ribs right, like I said for brisket last week, Will, when I got a little offended, a little, 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 I had to hey back man, off a little bit for the brisket. Passionate. I was passionate about my brisket. But it's the same thing for ribs. If you, if you go to the to the, to the the south, if you go to some of these these tailgates, actually, it's not just the south, by the way. We're discriminating like Big Ten country. You go to a couple Rutgers Okay, in, in, in New York, and they're going to have some ribs as well. Los Angeles. Exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I may discriminate down there. Pac-12 ribs, yeah, no exactly. thank they, you. No, they're, they're doing salad. They all voted for the 16 <laughs> seed. But uh, I like ribs, and ribs can be done well. My The reason why I'm voting for burgers is ribs are messy, and honestly, you can still get kind of that barbecue feel with a burger as well. You can go a little bacon barbecue, a little cheddar. Barbecue sauce on barbecue it, Barbecue sauce yeah. on there, so... Uh, they're versatile. Burgers are. You can cook them all different ways. Lots you can do. You put a lot on there. So, yeah. and, and like Will said, they're better for the tailgate. So, I'm voting the number one seed burgers, which automatically gets two of the three votes. So it's in. But Ryan, what's your vote? Yeah, I mean, I was I was gonna go with burgers regardless. Um, you know, with, with ribs, just like uh, just like any barbecue, um, it's expensive because the yield of food that you get post post barbecue is is definitely less. So yep. um, that's. And burgers, you can pump out 20 burgers at a time, you know, depending on the size of your grill. You can pump them out quick. And, uh, and yeah, just the convenience, the handheld, um, without the mess. One that's, more that's side like. point that no one's talking about here is if you bring your dog or maybe a family friend who just comes by for the tailgate who, does, who doesn't have tickets brings the dog. Uh, ribs, if you got some people drinking, they leave the ribs around, the dog may get the rib bones. Mm. It's always a hazard, right? So at That's least right. you, you don't have that at all with the burgers. So I'm thinking of the, I'm always thinking of the pups. Yeah, yeah you got to include the, the dog in the scenario. Yeah. Now look, there's probably, I bet you out of all of our listeners, there's like two people out there that are screaming now like, why can't we just have a McRib? Which is basically <laughs> the same thing. It's a pork patty. Uh, Where do you stand on the McRib? It's disgusting. I've, um, I've never had one. Yeah, you there's know, a reason why they're seasonal. It's because if they had them, good. if they've had them on their menu twenty four seven, no one would order them. They they have to hype them up by making them seasonal. I think a McRib is is disgusting. I well, hate it. Well, by that logic, the Mexican pizza from Taco Bell is disgusting. Well, that's a. I mean, no, not by that logic. <laughs> I'm strictly. I love ribs and burgers, and I think the McRib is disgusting. I gotta say this. I got away with. My, my my opinion here. The last time I had a McRib was in college, so we're talking we're talking over ten years ago. But I thought it was delicious. Well, you, I got you weren't several sober. Yeah, I was gonna say there no, may have been there may have been performance enhancers involved when it came to <laughs> yeah. that. So, performance, but I, I liked it back then. P- I don't know the EGs were definitely involved, <laughs> but uh, it was good. Uh, all right, we move on to the two seed versus seven. 
We got hot dogs okay. as the two seed. I mean, this one. Wow. This is the rivalry of rivalries. Hot dogs versus brats yes. slash sausage. This is this is a cousin matchup right here. This is like the the family. This is the, again. Uh, I just can't. I, I I you know we have to go to the committee. I'm gonna write a lot of complaints to the committee on how brats <laughs> versus sausages or or brats whatever brats ended up being a seven seed. But if you give me the option between a brat and a hot dog, I'm taking the brat every single time. And even though hot dogs should be highly ranked for any tailgate because they're sim- they're Simple, they're easy. A broad is so much better. Uh, I'm, I'm, my vote has to be for broad here. Okay. This one tore me because last week when I had my mind made up, I, I don't know about you guys, I filled out several of these, like March Madness. <laughs> I filled it out and then I crumpled it up. Get the perfect bracket. Exactly. I crumpled it up and threw it in the trash can <laughs> and started over. And then I made sev- several of them. And in the early ones, I had hot dogs going far. But the more I thought about it, I think I'm leaning brats, and here's the reason: hot dogs. I le- I love hot dogs because you can eat two or three, or even maybe 72, four on a good day. If you're Joey, and have room for other stuff. Hot dogs, you have room for. Hot dogs are light. Yep. Sometimes the way I like to do them, Will. I know you like a uh, little Dijon and uh, onions, right? Yep. I like uh, mustard, uh, probably a Dijon mustard as well. Spicy brown, uh, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, Dijon spicy brown, uh, gray poupon, relish, and sauerkraut. <laughs> that's how I do mine. But that's still a light. Right, that's a yeah. light a hot dog. I Super can have light. two hot dogs, three, and then have a little bit of nachos, have a little this, a little that. A brat is like a meal in itself, so I can usually have one brat and sustain maybe a couple other snacks. That's why I was turned off at first. But the question is not the bracket isn't what's the best complimentary item or what do you like the most. The bracket is or the best tailgate food. If you could pick a food at a tailgate, or if there's two right there in front of you and you right can only pick you, one, which you can is pick it? One, so I got to go brats. Now on my brat, I think I'm going the same toppings. Mustard, relish, sauerkraut. Same as I do on a hot dog. Hmm. So, what do you say, Ryan? Um, brats for sure. Um, as as far as a tailgate food, uh, quality's better. Uh, you know, nothing's better than that good that that first bite, that snap into a good brat. Oh, but, yeah. but but uh, also, if you have a good a good uh, hot dog, you get the snap too. Sure, See, sure. There's a lot of so, shitty hot dogs out there. If you want a good hot dog, you find a good hot dog place near you. They're gonna have that like Vienna beef. Well, snap. that's what, that's that's the difference between buying packaged hot dogs and going to uh, going to the uh, the butcher in the yeah. grocery store It'll and getting those you. those hot dogs. Which yeah. technically is that now a sausage since you got it from a butcher. Well, no, I, no, no. I but on the bracket, it's br- on the it's brought now we're sausage. splitting airs. So no, really, I'm talking about hot dogs. If you oh, want a good hot dog. Door. Go to go, yeah. and I know there's not Is a it lot even of, a hot dog at that point. Exactly, you know and, and there's not a lot of the independent tree falls in the forest. Does anyone hear it? <laughs> um, like, there's not a lot of independent butchers around. I don't know if you guys remember that being young with like actual like independently owned butchers. Right. Um, the only thing that hot dogs had uh, had kind of the only argument I had for hot dogs was if you're in a rush, you can only spend a few minutes at the tailgate. They're quick, they're easy. Right. You wolf them down. For sure. Next thing you know, you're at your seats. Sometimes, if you're if it's a cold weather game, you got long sleeves on. You can even smuggle a dog in. That's right. To the you game, go in the smuggle. <laughs> dog he smuggler. Went, he went smuggle there. <laughs> dog, dog smuggler. smuggler. I like God. that term. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going brats. Yeah, wow, brats. The seven seed. The upset. The I unanimous. mean, brats are just a, a hot dog that's better. That's a, uh, it's, it's, if, it's, if you it's could, a high class hot dog. If there had if there was not such a thing as brats. And, bougie you, hot and there were only hot dogs, and someone said, "How can I make this better?" Right. They would just make a brat. Exactly. Yeah. So brats win. It's better. Yeah. Um, all right. We move on. The three seed versus the eleven seed. Uh, this is the elite eight now, right? We're in the elite eight. We are. Yes. Um, the three seed is wings, 
and the 11 seed is breakfast burritos. Now, I didn't even vote for breakfast burritos in the first round, so it's <laughs> obvious I'm going wings here. Uh, I love wings, my God. Any, any form. Uh, I'm going wings as well, but here, it was close for me. because bre- Ryan, you going breakfast burritos? I am. Wow, how come? All right, so I'm going breakfast burrito because it's at a tailgate. I've had more... I've had more bad wings than I've had bad breakfast burritos. Okay. And saying that, it's because when you're making, when you're producing things at, at, at uh, as much as hot, as many hot wings as you need at a tailgate, sometimes you're going to get them undercooked. There's nothing worse than biting into a hot wing and having a huge vein going right oh through it. God. That purple vein. Oh God. It's so gross. And I just think uh, breakfast burritos, they're, they're, they're easier to accomplish and they're just as satisfying as hot wings. Okay, so I break the tie and I already uh, buried the lead there. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going wings. Yeah. But uh, look, I love breakfast burritos for the reason I said last week. That right. it's, it, for the tailgate aspect... It reminds me of Big Ten football, early morning football, out there early tailgating, maybe a bloody, you know, you're having a good morning, getting ready. So that, it's the feeling about breakfast burritos. That's, sure. to me, at a tailgate. I completely understand You're that. not going to get breakfast burritos at a night game. So it's just, I, lo- I love what that means. But wings are one of my favorite things on earth. I love wings. I make the best buffalo sauce. And it's like a garlic buffalo twist. I can't it's wait for you guys good. to try it. I've told you guys about this for like a year now, and neither one of you, uh, I've neither one of you tasted it. Oh, have you had it? Yeah, it, it's, I had it at that, Thanksgiving. Oh, you did. Oh, come on, honest <laughs> no, review. It's very good. Honest buffalo review. Turkey. It's Give Will an honest review. No, you made wings. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, buffalo sauce. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. G- Give me. It was around Thanksgiving. Okay. No, it was very good. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, just not 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 a straight like straight heat. Buffalo sauce, a little more um, tangy, perhaps. I remember some I tang, bent, a little tangy. I, remember yeah, I, I add some butter in there for sure. Style. I bent over to smell it, nearly burnt my nostrils yep, off. Yep, you but, got some garlic. <laughs> a little bit of good, not too much garlic though. We don't good. overdo the garlic, but if you, it, it's amazing. It you know we're gonna do this year too. Stay tuned. We're gonna have some video elements coming out once the year starts. We're gonna do taste tests this year, occasionally, like a couple through the Mick season. Rib. And we're, gonna get it. Once it's back. and we're going to get it, and during one of those, I just had this idea, I'm going to do my buffalo sauce versus some of like, the most renowned ones, and we'll see We'll see who wins. Okay, Blind taste fair it. enough. So, but I love wings. I love wings, so we go wings. Wings moves on to the final four, and last but not least here in the Elite Eight, we have the four seed versus the 12 seed. Four seed being chili versus the 12 seed nachos. I'm passionate. Can I start? I'm passionate about this one. Uh, yeah, I, I bet you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm very passionate about this one. So, <laughs> especially with nachos beating uh, beating brisket, which has yeah. you know, I have a, stir. I have a vendetta now with nachos. It's <laughs> yeah, personal. No kidding. We had to yeah. peel you off the ceiling last so, week. So the reason why chili is the maybe the best on this whole list, it, yeah. and maybe my favorite it, it, as the four seed, is so many reasons. I mean. I, if you get a good chili done the right way, there's honestly not a whole lot that is better. You get a little few toppings, mm, a little, little onion on there, a little shredded cheese. Oh, yeah. Like whatever you like, right? It's chili is not, it's delicious. So that's the first thing is is it's scrumptious. Very, it's very amazing. Good. It's delicious. It, okay. So if it's done right. The second thing, and it, this is one A or one B or whatever you want to say, is the feeling. The same as the breakfast burritos, which didn't make it out of this round, but Chili means you're in cold football season. Chili means you're in November, December. It's playoff time. We're getting close to the conference championships. That's what chili means. So for that reason, chili is, I think, my favorite tailgate food. Now, we'll see how they do against uh, burgers in the next round. It's a big matchup if they advance. But 
I love chili. I'm going chili. I'm a big fan of chili. And if you guys have anything to say against chili, we can fight right now. I mean, wow. First of all, you already assume they're moving on, so you're you're getting ahead <laughs> of yourself. And I'm with two guys who love their nachos. So if nachos advances, I'm leaving. I'm not even previewing the uh, <laughs> the next conference. No, look, I'm not picking nachos over chili. Okay, How, thank you. However, what I will say about the reason why I don't think look, here's one reason why chili is for sure better than nachos. Nachos have a legitimate shelf life before the chips get soggy. Oh, for sure, chili can sit in a slow cooker for four Dang. weeks yeah. and still be delicious. <laughs> but it actually gets better the more That's it stays true. in exactly. slow cooker. Yeah. However, the reason why, in my opinion, uh, I, chili can't be my winner, and again, we'll see if I'm outvoted, whatever. Oh, no, 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 my no. God. No, no, no. I mean, uh, I'm overall. Oh, I overall winner. I've already given Ryan no, a no, no, no. I'm like, I'm, do not vote for nachos. I am picking chili <laughs> over nachos, but the reason why you said you think chili is the best tailgate food, and I just have to disagree inherently, is that it requires a bowl and silverware, like hot <laughs> dogs, true. burgers, you know what? so many point. things you can just have. Like, you don't even have to have a plate. You can just drop a bun in someone's hand and then say, <laughs> open that up and then and then drop a hot dog in it. That's a so, very good point. Uh, but yes, I'm going with chili. Uh, I think nachos, I mean, a Cinderella run, a dream season, but uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going chili. I'm eating chili for uh, dinner tonight. Nice. Yeah, we're having some chili. A little cornbread. Nice. It's going to be classy. No, love, no love, love a good cornbread. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I, I'm I'm saying love nachos, but but chili's obviously the uh, the winner here. We'll send it uh, to the next round against burgers. So that does it. Uh, throw the chili on a burger. That'll knock your compression if socks you off. If you disagree with this, give us a follow like we said. We're trying to we just launched the the Instagram and I'm like a boomer trying to run this thing. So give me a break if it's if it's not great so far, but it's trying to get off the ground. Like we're doing our best, right, Will? We are I doing mean, our well, best. Well, actually Will's a social media Will Will knows what he's doing. I'm trying. I'm to a learn. social media manager, but we're gonna we're going <laughs> to update this next week. So I do nothing. Uh, give us a follow at College Ball Tailgate on uh, Instagram or at CFB underscore POD on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I mean, look, burgers versus chili in one side of the Final Four, and we have brats versus wings on the other Ooh. side of this. It's a good Final Four. Oh. Yeah, man, I'm getting hungry oh, just talking Final about four. it. Yeah, I am too. Now speaking of Final Four, I think we have. Um, Probably two to three legit playoff contenders in the Big Ten. And now that's what mm. we're going to break down. We're going to break down the Big Ten. Michigan, Ohio State. He said two to three. I said two. Yeah, I guess uh, we have two, I think, okay. legit playoff contenders. And there's some there's some teams that, like, Michigan State wouldn't surprise me oh, if they, if they boy, made a playoff Mel run. Mel fucker. Mel fucker. <laughs> God, it's easy, Tyler. It's a how family we, show. How have we no, never done that before? Fan. It's not. <laughs> that how is that show. even the first time that we've dropped it's, a Mel fucker? First of all, it's not a family show, and second of all, it's it's deserved. I was waiting for the well, best moment. Some to families, drop it. there's certain families <laughs> yeah. where it, it would work out <laughs> yeah, just fine. Exactly. The Chambers household, certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can't believe we've gone this long without yeah, coming up with Mel never fucker. Cro- never crossed my mind. Fuck coming. <laughs> um, Let's talk Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, look, I. It's it's a fascinating year again. I think it, it, it like when we did the the uh, the Pac-12. Um, it's top heavy, right? At this point, everyone's penciling in Ohio State to win. Which, <laughs> we which, know Ryan's going to want its number, which is fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, he said the, he said the conference was uh, was top heavy. Oh. I said you know Ryan's going to full want their chested. Number. Um, <laughs> so I love me some bongos. What can I say? <laughs> Ohio State, rightfully the favorite, I think. Um, however, I think I, I don't think that the gap between them and Michigan is that large. Knowing what Michigan brings back, um, I think that Penn State could be a good team, but the, to me, they're not. Okay. they're not going to make a run to, oh, to yeah. win the Big Ten. No, no, I don't want to stop you. You do your. I like how he does his uh, like whole conference uh, breakdown, and then we talk team by team. That's not, so. I just 
Well, it's, you it's, keep going. It's that, top no, heavy. Will's painting a picture, and I just interrupted him like mid-stroke. That was so. You keep doing that. Well, now I'm just going to put the hear, brush down. No, and no, it's like on. Uh, it's like <laughs> abandon this. You guys piece ever watch Get Up on ESPN? Where it's like uh, not my show particularly. No, like so and so. Well, I only watch it when Dan Patrick's off the air. But it's like so and so. Is that the, the one with, with the hard court? But is he going to be hard headed about this decision in college? So is that like what those. Stephen A. is on? Get up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I would never. Um, <laughs> no offense. Uh, everyone. It's super but, entertaining for a lot of people. But look, when you work from home, there's not a lot of choices to watch in the morning. So That's when true. Dan Patrick's off the air, it's either that or uh, I like to go between that and SpongeBob, uh, uh, Friends, uh, Shannon Sharp, and uh, Skip Bayless. What's their show? Undisputed? Undisputed. Yeah, I like that one too. Barf, yeah, I'd rather. Uh, <laughs> I just can't stand the hot Will, take shows. W- what would you watch if you work from home from uh, eight to ten a.m. Sports related? Time. Yes, just Sports Center. Even though Sports Center hasn't that's been ESPN. good in like, yeah. Well, but I would rather watch Get Up than Sports Center. Sports Honestly, Center is I would, dry. I would record SVP Sports Center and watch it in the morning because oh. that's the only good show left <laughs> on ESPN. Movie. Probably, good. I might start doing that. See, S- this is SVP's why we. The this is why I'm not the against show. all sports media people, but I. But I'm certainly against the hot take artists. No, Will is a uh, a uh, a hipster. I've always said this. Will is a hipster, not a hipster doofus. For all you Seinfeld <laughs> fans. But uh, that's what I like about Will. He goes the other way. Quick side note: yeah. I, I I just upgraded my TV, so you know, nice uh, nice seventy inch. You're inviting Ooh, us over to watch high, a couple games. High this def, year, huh? absolutely. All right, all right. And let Party me tell at you. House. Let me tell you, I watched SVP. Yeah, and the definition that dude needs to stay out of the sun. Oh, like, he's pale. <laughs> he's pale, dude. Yeah, I'm it surprised is, he's in the sun. It is frackles Guys. all over the place. Okay. He could also use a better fitting suit. I'm just gonna say that as well. Can we not? Man, I mean, a big suit. Now I know we're I not. I love on, SVP. I know by we're not way. putting video out quite yet. Uh, but you know, as they say in Space Jam. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. That's what they say about me. Okay? Yeah, but we don't so, have to worry about you going into the sun. So yeah, that's not a problem. That's true. That's true. It's like uh, the it's like the uh, the Sims or the uh, South Park where where they think uh, Carbon's a ginger and he's at the uh, doctor and the doctor goes, Mrs. Cartman, be careful of the sun. The sun is his <laughs> worst enemy. His worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is for me sometimes, man. I get that fifty SPF and I'm good for about thirty minutes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, wow. Yeah, well, we're so good at, at, at like we just went. I love that. We just went from the Big Ten all the way to getting sunburned. That, that's the beauty of college football tailgate. My God. Um, well, hey, hey, how about this? You know who's not going to get burnt this year? Ohio State. Yeah, I mean. Hey. But we have a bet board game. If Ohio State wins the national championship this year, you win. If not, I win. I hope I lose. I bet you don't have the, that <laughs> one written down on your uh, uh, that bet one's, board that over one's there, always <laughs> stored up in the, the old noggin. How convenient. Now, huh? look, uh, this. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've seen so many so, people. So, so let me clarify. For those new to the show again, two years ago, me and Will made a bet board game that well, Will thought Ohio State would win. That Ryan of, Day that would Ryan win. That Ryan Day would win one of the next three championships. Now, we've gone through two. And he went Over to one two. and lost. Went to one, lost. Yep. You got one left. And, I mean, look, that's not a bad pick this year. Like, they're probably, I don't know their odds, but... Second favorite. Honestly, if you're like, going to have one of the teams... That's what I was going to say. This is the team to have. So it's going to be interesting. I'm glad you brought it up. Now, look, I think that it's completely fair, and I'm not being a Michigan homer. I it, Right now, the Ohio State probably would be my favorite, especially because they get Michigan at home, right? Um, but the people that are just penciling them in, like, they're my national title pick... 
I think that's crazy. I know they brought in Jim Knowles, um, I, and I expect them the, the defense to be much better. We know about how loaded the offense is, how good the quarterback play is, the wide receiver play. You know, obviously, Travion Henderson at running back. Like, the, they're going to be one of the best teams in the country, but if you're just going to tell me that bringing in Jim Knowles is all of a sudden going to give them a defense that is going to compete with Alabama, I, th- I think that's crazy, and I could be proven wrong, and we'll see how much value Jim Knowles brings. I know he did great things at Oklahoma State, but he's not one of these coordinators that has a track record of going to a team and immediately they have a great defense. He had a great defense last year and he had a super uh, senior team, a lot of experience. It was like his sixth year as the coordinator there. Now, look, he's always been a good coordinator, so that's but to me, he's not great. Interesting. So you think their D is going to start off slow? Oh, I, well, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they do start. I, they're scheduled, to, you know, outside of Notre Dame. I, I don't know that Ohio State starting off slow is maybe something I want to claim, but. I, I just don't think that he is like – there are de- defensive coordinators well, let, let, where you could bring them in and, and you know year one they're going to be massive improvements. They were not a good defensive team last year, like where, especially where, against the run. Who? Uh, Ohio State. Okay. Last year they were the – only the teams that wanted to bully teams on the ground, Oregon and Michigan, just obliterated that their defensive line. And it to me it wasn't just like, hey – bad scheme, bad tackling. It was a mixture of everything. I felt like their defensive line for once wasn't loaded with talent like we're used to seeing Ohio State. Now look, do they have a lot of good guys there? Yes. I'm not trying to paint a picture like Ohio State is some bum team with like a bottom, you know, 75 defense or whatever, but to the level of where people are putting them where, hey, they're my pick to to win the national championship. I think if anyone besides Alabama or Georgia is your pick to win the national championship this year, I think that's that you're getting ahead of yourself. And you think that because of their defense. Yeah, that was their weak point last year. And if you're going to tell me that they can slow down Alabama's offense... But what I hate doing, what I don't want to get in the habit of doing is saying this is how it was last year, and so it's going to repeat. Now, do they have the tools to fix what you think they did wrong or what they did poorly? I'm asking because I want to see if I can make a bet here right. early in the season on Ohio State because I didn't see this, what you saw. I don't. I, I didn't come I mean, here look go, at how many yards they gave up on the ground in their losses last year. Yeah, specifically the running game. I, they I, gave I, up I a shit ton yeah. of points to, to Utah last year in their bowl game. I mean, their defense was is so talented that, yeah, it's going to look great when they play Rutgers. Or when they play, you know, Minnesota or whatever, that's fine. But when the teams that actually have guy like a good offensive line and talent on offense, they could score on them. Okay. Like we're not used to seeing with Ohio State at all. So what I'm seeing here last year for Ohio State is uh, rankings for how they performed in conference. They were ranked second for the rush rank in terms of stopping the rush, third for the yards per carry rank, but they're 11th in the pass. They're 11th in percent in a pass percentage, right? But in seventh in yards per pass. How many so teams, they couldn't stop the pass last year? How many? Year. The, every team was having to pass all day on them because they were down 21 points right. early. I'm and, talking and, about and, strictly when it, they get up no. to the premier level of of and the big, God, you know the, that that's the, actually a great point. The that, biggest games that they gave up on the ground were out of conference. Okay, so let, let let's focus on that for just one second, Will. I think that's a good point for the audience. Is there's a difference that Will just brought up that I kind of missed on with Ohio State. There's counting stats, uh, yards per game, completions, and then there's percentage stats or analytic stats, which I like to focus on. So actually, you're right. Let's not get carried away with yards per game because 
they're tr- they're they're killing teams, so they have to pass. So that's actually a, a that's good, like a game flow, thing. right? 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 So that's not a good way to to estimate it. And so, again, I'm not saying that they are bad. Like that that's not what I mean. It's just like in those big moments where they actually played teams that were physical and were willing to commit to the run, they were getting gashed. I mean, in the Oregon game, which was earlier in the season, Oregon ran for 269 yards on the ground at seven yards per carry. Okay, can we say something? I've been saying this now for three years. I'm not so sure that Ryan Day is elite yet. He took over Urban Meyer's pristine. I mean, it's like giving a teenager a, a, a Mercedes right. or, or, or a Ferrari, right? It's like maybe he's going to keep it safe for the first year. He or she or they or whatever is going to keep it safe for the first year. But <laughs> after a year or two years or three, maybe they're going to crash it eventually, right? Because they're speeding everywhere. Can Ryan Day keep this going? I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. I was a lot more skeptical a year, a year or two ago. Right. I think he's a much better coach than I did two years ago. But... I'm not so sure he's Urban Meyer. It takes a lot to keep these well, programs they're, afloat. They're different. He's is he Ur- Urban Meyer was like a run a program dictator level guy. What we know about about Ryan Day is that he is he is elite when it comes to offense. Clearly, I mean that's that's his bread and butter. They've turned and, Ohio and State into. I mean they're still yeah, recruiting at sure. a very good level. And and he's turned Ohio State into an offensive juggernaut, which they were always like good offensively, but they were usually a defensive team that played hard physical, run the ball, you know. Uh, um, offense and you know now I defense is the weak point now look if Jim Knowles comes in and just gets this together like that I'm not going to be shocked um, and if that's the case the defense if they have like a top 10 defense then yeah at that point they should be you know right behind Alabama as far as favorites for, for winning uh, the college uh, the college football championship but to me like it's more than just scheme for the reason why they were they gave up seven yards per carry against Oregon guess what seven point seven yards per carry against Michigan 297 yards in the ground like those are problems and if you're gonna tell me they can just win the national championship against a team like Alabama which guess what could do that to you all fucking day I, I just think that's I, I am still picking them to win the big Ten by the way but the people that are just saying they're my national title pick I think that's just like we're getting ahead of ourselves. All right, so I've got two things before we uh, turn the page on Ohio State. Uh, the first thing, as a sports better, what you look for on a year-to-year basis is teams who greatly overperform in turnovers. And so let's just say hypothetically one year Kansas State has uh, – and I'm just picking Kansas State out of a hat. This isn't real. Let's say they have like plus 20 turnovers. Well, historically – overwhelmingly, the next year, they'll be negative in turnovers. Not just like 10 or 5, they'll right. be negative. So yeah. it always evens out. That's why it's one of the biggest indicators year to year. Things even out, okay? That's not how Ohio State works. You go back and look the last seven years, Ohio State, here's their turnover margin per year. Going back to 2015, and I'm going to start in 2015 going uh, to current day. Plus 3, plus 15, plus 5, plus 16, <laughs> Plus nine, plus ten, plus nine. Right. Okay. So Ohio State's a team you can cross off the list and go. Oh well, plus nine last year in turnovers. Are right. No, there's a reason. They're, they usually they, have better talent than everybody on the field. Like exactly. that, that's got to be. And you could also point out the fact that teams have to pass against them. Have for to sure. pass. They put them in bad situations. They have the right players for that. So just a little note out there that it's good and gen- and it's a good you know for for. If you didn't understand the point of fading teams who have a big turnover differential, use that in your handicapping. When you're right. betting this year, use that as part of your process, but don't do that for teams like Ohio State and Alabama. All right, the second thing. Ryan, can we get the yakety sax music just like softly playing over this next point? Because I think this is atrocious, what's going on and what they're allowing to go on in college football. Ohio State has four road games this year. Yeah. How the <laughs> fuck? Is this allowed? This pisses me off. Look, 
I am okay. If you're going to schedule North Peanut Butter and Jelly State Week 1, I don't care about that at all. But what I do care about is an even playing field going on the road four times a year. Or four times in one year. Four, right? (laughs) And the first time they go on the road is October 8th. So they've got five road games, or excuse me, five games at home. Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo. Watch out for the Rockets. Wisconsin and Rutgers. Okay? Then they go on the road in October at Michigan State. Then they have a bye week. I mean, I have not seen a more cupcake setup. If they don't make the playoffs, this is a massive failure. So For sure. You can get yakety sacks off here. That's a joke. That's a goddamn is, I joke. I mean, look, I'm used to teams like that playing like seven right. home games. Four road games. But eight, four is pretty eight bad. Eight home games. That is a, I mean. And that's why their win total is probably what, like 11 and a half? I don't, I don't, I don't They're going to be care. favored in, in, in every game they play. They're going to be favored in every game. Uh, I think they're going, I mean, look, we'll see how Notre Dame does. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame comes out kind of hot. But again, I think Ohio State's just going to be too too good for them. But at that point, they're going to be favored in every single game. Yeah, at Michigan State might be tough. Also, last year they were up, I think, 49 nothing after the first half against Michigan State. I also want to say this. Right now the date is the 17th of August. I think at Penn State. That's oh, for sure. Yeah, Super, okay, okay, that's always okay, a tough okay, game. Okay. At Penn State's but tough. But I that's saw, it. I saw someone that's who it. we follow on. Michigan uh, at home. Uh, someone who we follow on Instagram said, like, uh, Penn State, sell your stock. Penn State's bad this year. I'm like, Penn State's going to be a good team this year. I mean, we'll see how good they are. They they obviously they didn't. I don't have want to a, turn the page here on last Ohio State. Year. I don't know you want to. No, yeah. Up, I mean, but. look, I, I Ohio State. They're they're going to be really good. I again, the offense should be really good. I I'm interested to see how you know they continue to recycle wide receivers. And even though I know the guys coming up, you know, uh, you know, we know about Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba might be the best wide receiver in the whole country. Who Jackson Smith and Jigba? He was a guy who had huh? like 300 yards what? Uh, in the Rose Bowl. He's a freak of nature. And I know that Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming are supposed to be good, but it's pretty hard to replace Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who both, I think, went in the first round of the NFL draft and not have some sort of drop-off as far as you know the guys behind them. I'm sure they're, they're, I'm sure they're five-star guys. They're going to be really good, but you almost have to downgrade their wide receiver talent from last year. And, you know, but I expect C.J. Stroud to just only get better. He's he's probably going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft as well. So they're going to be a powerhouse. But even still, the thing I'm most interested interested to see about Ohio State is can they be tough against physical teams? Because I tell you what, when they play Michigan, Michigan is bringing back three of their five starters in the offensive line, and they and will we'll transition into Michigan from here. But one of the main guys they lost in the offensive line was their center, and they bring in a grad transfer from Virginia, who, by the way, was one of the five finalists for best center in the country last year. So their offensive line is actually going to be really good. And if you think that Michigan's going to be afraid to just, hey, we're going to test you again and try to run the ball down your throat. I know it's in Columbus. Um, That's the biggest question mark for me with Ohio State is can they actually be staunch when when they have to against teams that want to run the ball and can. So you said they had a uh, grad transfer from Virginia? That's right. So I call that a, a GT from V. Just so you know, that's my initials on that. Uh, okay, here's why I'm excited about Michigan. Yeah. Well, you're the Michigan guy. So for those who don't know, Will bleeds uh, blue and maize. Maize and blue. Maize Come and on, blue. <laughs> Come on. I mean, is there a difference? Like, is that there is. a difference? No one ever says the blue and maize. They say the maize and blue. Jesus Tyler, Christ. I mean. Michigan fans. Agreed. Okay, either way, uh, I have a couple questions to ask you. But one thing I know about this team is the offense should be very, very, very good. Look at last year. 
the Big Ten stats, the same stats, accounting stats. I know, I know, I know, but still, it's worth something if you look at how they did in conference. Michigan in uh, uh, points per game, second. Total rank, second. This is their offense last year in the Big Ten. Uh, total rank, second. Rush rank, third. Yards per carry, fourth. Uh, pass rank, fourth. Uh, percent rank, fourth. Turnover rank, fourth. Sacks per game, first. Michigan was, you know, an elite Big Ten offense last year, and they're bringing back nine starters. And as we said earlier, that does matter bringing back a lot. Now, the defense is what I worry about. I think this is going to be an over team early in the season, putting up a lot of points, giving up some third downs, some frustrating Jim Harbaugh, wondering what's going on on the sideline. They bring back not, uh, four, excuse me, four starters on defense. So mm-hmm. I guess my question to you is how big are the losses of uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson, David Ojabo? Um, I, I, hear, I crumpled up my... My notes here. It's part of the the sound prop last time. That, that's, the, that's the podcaster's walk exactly, of shame. His exactly. commitment, though. Hutchinson, Ojabo, Josh Ross, and Vincent Gray. Josh Ross, Vincent Gray, two very good cornerbacks, and that's what I worry about. Uh, Josh Ross was a was a linebacker. Um, I, I da- saw him as a nickelback. No, so da- people were saying that about Daxton Hill, and he played more as like a safety, but he did play in like nickel coverage a lot. It's probably like a star position. Yeah, kind of. So that's yeah. what I said about Josh Ross. But either way, he was in the pass game. No, I mean a he, little he bit. was he was like the middle linebacker. So whatever See, you read there was. You know wrong. what's so funny about that is when you look at st- and, and this is a kind of a lesson learned for me right here and for everyone. When you look at stats, sometimes these like little abbreviations lie and they can mislead. Sure. I would have thought based on what I read, he was a nickel cornerback. Right. Well, I mean, look, even the, the point is still the same. All those guys went on to the NFL. Um, I, the losses on the defensive line are huge. You, losing Aiden Hutchinson, who went, I think second or third overall, um, and David Ojabo, who went in the second round, despite tearing his, uh, Achilles at the draft combine. So Ooh, he was wow. a first rounder. Did, did if I, not for that, did I ever tell you about when I tore my Achilles in an old man's ba- uh, basketball league? No. Yeah, I was playing in the future. Why were you in an old man's basketball? Because it was this was like probably like seven, eight years ago. Some chick I was dating, her dad wanted me to play in this league. And so (laughs) I would like play in his. It was like a church league. And so every Sunday I would drive like halfway down from Greeley. I lived in Greeley at the time. And I would drive down and play in this like old men's league. And honestly, Ryan, like it sounds like fun. I was one of the better players. So I I love No kidding. I I was (laughs) dropping dimes i mean my god but uh well when your opponents have to stop to put ben gay on their knees <laughs> i tore my achilles one game though and you're the one that got oh, injured no, I, I ruptured it i don't know if that's a tear but i ruptured it so i was out i had a walking boot for like a month or two it was horrible it was such a painful that injury sounds, yeah that sounds it was awful. so bad i don't think you tore it because t- tearing no, no, it, you no, have no, to have surgery tear, yeah, I didn't but tear rupture it. still I mean, whatever yeah, it sounds yeah, awful yeah yeah i mean so anyway. but lo- losing those two guys like to me that's the biggest question mark and yeah daxton hill was awesome last year in coverage um and and obviously losing uh josh ross in the middle of of the field is big too he was kind of the the play caller as far as far as being like the guy yelling out the plays in the middle of the field those losses i'm a little less worried about because they actually have a lot of like young exciting guys back there yeah they have to find a way to generate a pass rush or the defense could be in trouble uh, because like that was a huge part of their defense last year was Aiden Hutch- Hutchinson and David Ojabo were getting after everybody. Now, what I will say about the secondary, Vincent Gray had a really good year last year, but before that, the years previous to that, he was actually kind of the weak point of the secondary. And they have a lot of really talented guys. Like that defense got a lot better as the year w- as the year went on, and they they're deep in the secondary with a lot of guys that 
you like you just don't hear their name, but I'm telling you they're going to be good. Like DJ Turner, Rod Moore, these are super talented guys um, that I think I, I I'm not as worried about the secondary, but they have to have a pass rush. But yeah, I mean you're not going to lose eight starters on defense and not have some sort of a fall off. But what you mentioned is right is that the offense is probably going to be even better than it was last year. They're loaded as far as depth at wide receiver. None of these guys are probably going to be first-round draft picks. It's not Ohio State, but there's five guys in the passing game just at wide receiver alone who are really, really good gamers. Uh, Ronnie Bell is coming back, and then they have they have two really good tight ends. One of these guys was a finalist last year. You have Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker, and we still don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback. And Cade McNamara was really good last year. He was not like super flashy. Um, you know, he's not CJ Stroud. He was more like uh, Stetson Bennett at Georgia. He was like kind of a, you know, game he manager. Solid. He was very solid. Didn't turn the ball over a lot. I think he'll probably be the starter week one. Uh, but I think that we're still going to see a lot of JJ McCarthy who played a little bit last year. And he's the five-star guy who has just way more talent than Cade McNamara has, unfortunately. And I love Cade McNamara. But I think by if J.J. McCarthy doesn't win the starting job, which he very well could, by like week four, week five, I think it's very likely he's the starter at quarterback. And the offense is going to put up a fuck ton of points. Michigan is so interesting. They're the one They're one of the biggest question marks to me because they could have a, a, a national title type of year. They could have like nine wins, maybe like... I don't know. I just look at their schedule. I, I don't think you're wrong to be like they, they're well, a nine-win team. The over-under is nine and a half. But right now... The, so How, what's the juice to the over? It's about one twenty. But here's the thing: hmm. this is the most bet preseason futures prop on DraftKings. Why has it not moved then? Because I'm sure everyone's taking the over. Seventy percent is on the over. Yeah, I mean that. I'm sure you're ch- champing at the bit then to see to take the under just to go against the what the squares are and and, and kind of generally fade the public. Yes, I mean I'm a little up on Michigan this year. But look at their but, schedule. But, but I know, uh, I know. Even if you just guarantee that at Ohio State's going to be a loss, it probably will. But we don't know. I think this is a really good team that actually is going to that'll be a close game, a really well fought game. They have struggled playing at Iowa historically um, under Harbaugh. That's not an easy place to play. The rest of their schedule, I mean, they get Michigan State and Penn here's State the at home. Just a cool, I'm not going to make this long, but here's where they get those numbers from, okay? They open up, Michigan opens up with Colorado State. We all sit here and go, okay, that's 100% win percentage. Move on. And yes, they will likely beat Colorado State. But in reality, that's only about a 80 to 90% win percentage, right? So when you start doing that game by game, right. they've got an 80% chance to beat Colorado State, an 85% chance to, be, to beat Hawaii, and a 90% chance to beat Connecticut, a 73% chance to beat Maryland, a you know 61% chance to beat Iowa, whatever it is. Right. Then you start figuring out these win totals. So it's not just like, oh, win, 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 win. Weird things happen. For and, sure. And if they lose, happen to lose, let's say, a weird like at Iowa. Right. And then maybe Michigan State game at home. Well, now yeah, which Iowa you can't State, count out. Now Iowa State, if or uh, excuse me, Ohio State, if they don't win that game, that's nine and three. Yeah. So this is vi- For sure. this isn't like out of the question. No, definitely. And they have question marks. Look, um, you know, they lose defense coordinator Mike McDonald, who went back to the Ravens. So if you don't, Mike did, McDonald was does, there. Does he have a farm? Uh, old McDonald. Yeah. Except he's young. He was oh, like okay. he's like thirty five years old. He's uh, like our age. Does his dad have a farm? <laughs> probably. That's probably <laughs> where that came from. He, his dad is old McDonald. He he was only at Michigan for one year. He was the linebackers coach for the Ravens. He stole him away from his brother. He had an incredible year as a defensive coordinator calling plays. Sounds like a drama. So so brother. good that John 
was like, I want him back. And it sounds like more like Mike McDonald is just kind of an NFL guy. Not He doesn't really love the grind of, of college coaching. So he went back. He's now the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Now they do bring in um, Jesse Minter, who was the defensive coordinator at Vanderbilt. Now, you could be a really good defensive coordinator and not do shit at Vanderbilt. No one knows. Yeah. But this guy comes from the same Ravens system. So the, I think the idea is like we don't want to br- give all these new faces on the defense a new system. It's, we're going to run the same system. So that, that's a bit of a benefit there. And then you lose offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis to Miami, right? He actually won the Broyles Award for the best coordinator in the country last year. Now, what I'll tell you is that if you're not a Michigan fan, you might not know it, but every Michigan fan wanted Josh Gaddis fired like for years his first two years where he was the offensive coordinator the offense was terrible he came in touting this whole speed and space bullshit and guess what when he was running the plays how he wanted it was terrible and last year they completely over uh, over ran the the offense and they went back to what Harbaugh wanted which is hey we're gonna run the ball and we're gonna commit to that and be physical was Josh Gaddis calling the plays yes were the plays that he would traditionally call no and guess what the offense was good so I don't think that losing Josh Gaddis is a big deal uh, they keep a lot of, of the core staff that were around him. And so I think the offense is going to be really good. And honestly, I think there's a good chance that Michigan and Ohio State are 11-0 going into that, right, that So that Will game. likes the over. Yeah, I do. Right. Definitely. Awesome. Um, before we move on to whoever's next, uh, you said they had a coach from uh, – a good coach from uh, Vandy, right? Uh, well, we'll see if he's good, but he's well, a coach from Vandy. You know what they say <laughs> about good coaches from Vandy? You know, it's like bringing a uh, lobster bisque to a soup kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, it is. Who who knows how good you could be uh, of a coach? How would Nick Saban do it, Vandy? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, well, let's move on to Penn State then, because you talked about them again—a team that is always super talented. Because we, if there's one thing we know about James Franklin, he's a really good recruiter. But to me, I think he lacks a little bit in big game coaching, and he struggled the last few years. And he signed a big extension. A lot of people thought he would leave, but if you look at his record the last three years, it's like 500. And so I don't know what this team is going to be. I know Sean Clifford is talented. I know they always have a pretty solid defense. But guess what? They lose their defensive coordinator, Brent Fry, who's now the head coach at Virginia Tech. So that's a big question mark to me. Um, I, I don't know. To me, this is a team that could be seven wins. This is a team that could be 10 or 11 wins. And I really don't know how to peg it. Um, I just don't, for whatever reason, I can't put my trust in James Franklin. And I don't see them at least being the type that can unseat an Ohio State. I like Penn State this year. The only issue is their uh, schedule. I mean, they've got a very, very difficult schedule. They do go on the road at Auburn, open up at Purdue. That's going to be a tough game. Um, Northwestern, I mean, that's that's never easy. So it's about can they get through these classic Big Ten matchups? Can they win some big games? Yeah. I see them around nine wins or so, but I think that this is a, a, a team with the up arrow. I trust what they're doing. By the way, James Franklin, he's a three-time champion in my postseason awards for the most uh, aerodynamic head coach in college football. We're still raining. It's still raining. I mean, he's never <laughs> lost the awards. So, uh, we'll I mean, find someone. Seven and six last year. They're bringing back uh, four starters on defense. There are a lot of question marks. And yeah. so I'm not going to pencil them in for anything right now. But I am more, and like I said, tune in week by week because as these lines unfold, as we get these teams in certain situations, we get chances to either be on teams or exploit teams. So tune back in. But right now, in general, I think I'm higher on Penn State than the average person. I just don't know how excited I'm about them at this point. Yeah, and I think that the arrow is up on them as a program in general because they did they got him to sign a huge contract. They bring in a new athletic director that it sounds like he has a better connection with and maybe a better 
you know, uh, vision that they have together. Whereas it sounds like maybe the previous administration, there wasn't a lot of buy-in potentially. So I think that it's a good thing for Penn State in general. I just, to me this year, they're kind of a question mark, but they're going to be dangerous. I mean, look, they could easily be a team that would go in and beat, you know, Michigan on the road or, or, or win one of those tough games, go on the road at Auburn but I don't and be win that so, game. Do we have their over-under? Uh, let me look it up. Okay, because I don't want to be. I feel so, like it's probably around eight. If I, I think had to we're. Guess. Bo- I think we're both being wishy washy, and so I just want to put something eight and a in half. there. I, I just both no, not for a bit. Just over under. What would you go? Eight and a half. Um, I'm gonna I, take the under. I would go under too. Yeah, because I just don't. I, I, again, it's hard for me to put my faith in them uh, as an over team, and especially with you know not losing the defensive coordinator and all those all the talent on defense is tough. They bring in Manny Diaz, the former Miami head coach, to be the defensive coordinator. He has a pretty good track record as a defensive coordinator, but it's been a while since we've seen that, and I don't know that he's done it maybe at the level of uh, a Penn State school. And so that's a bit of a question mark. But another big question mark team that, again, so much variance to me is Michigan State. You know, they they beat Michigan last year um, uh, 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 in an upset in a game where – where they were down like 16 points with like 10 minutes to go, and they pull off the upset. You know, we talk about hating Mel Tucker here, Mel Fucker. That's now his new name at the podcast. <laughs> but there's one thing that we all agree on is that he's a really good coach. Yep. There's a reason why why you competing. two hate him. He's competing for the most uh, aerodynamic. He, he he's is. right there behind James Franklin. Well, well actually, James Franklin just has that uh, you know that, what that narrow head thing going on at the but, front. But but. James Franklin has glasses and Mel Tucker doesn't, <laughs> so uh, he actually may you know be what? more aerodynamic. Tune in at the end of this year after bowl games. Wow, maybe we have a new champ. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of parody in this oh, competition. Yeah. When they shower, it's like washing a balloon. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> you guys hate him because he left CU and he was doing good things there. Yeah, I, I hate him because yes. he's beaten Harbaugh twice now. Yeah, both in in upsets where he, everyone thought Michigan was going to win. Though. Super good coach, great recruiter. Uh, again, signed a big extension. People thought that his name was going to be tossed in the his hat would get thrown in the ring for the LSU coaching job, possibly for Southern Cal, whatever. He's doing a good thing there. Now, look, if you look at – Tyler mentioned it earlier in the show, like those indicators of like did a team maybe overachieve or underachieve. Last year they were really good in close games. They were really good against turnovers. And you're right for – So, hey, explain the close games real quick. Yeah, so like t- typically when it comes to like games decided by three points or less, six points or less – you expect that to be kind of a coin flip thing, right? It's not necessarily that the best team is always going to win. It's that in close game situations, it can come down to one play, right? Now, obviously, teams like Ohio State, like you mentioned, Alabama, we expect them to stay in that category of being on the plus side because they are at Ohio State and Alabama. Michigan State's not on that level yet, and they were really good in all those indicators last year, which for most teams means that you're, you're more than likely going to see a regression towards right, so, the mean. So, so last year, if they were 4-0 and in close games, well, the average team's going to be 2-2. Two and two. Right. So it's like, okay, they overperformed, so their, their record is much heavy indicator than how good they really were. So this year, I mean, I, I, do you see a regression, like a big regression? Because uh, I do. I, I don't do. know about And it's big. not Mel Tucker. I want to be clear. I, I hate Mel Tucker for certain reasons, but if he could make me money, I care about my bank account more than my hate for Mel Tucker overwhelms me. So right. let's be clear about that. Yeah, I mean... But I, I, I'm selling my stock this year on, on, on the Spartans. I don't think they're going to have an 11-2 and two year last year. I mean, last year they were at one point ranked in the top five, I think, in the playoff rankings going into that Ohio State game. Um that I think yeah. that... I, I, I don't see them going 11-2. and two. However, their win total... That I'm seeing, at least according to Vegas Insider, maybe this isn't correct, uh, is seven and a half. 
if you're going to give me that win total, I probably would take the over because there's even though they do have some tough games in their schedule, can they win eight of them? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, they play at Washington week three. That won't be easy, but I think they probably should win that game. They have to play at Maryland. That's probably a win. I don't know. Washington's going to be tough. Probably, yeah, and look, yeah. again, it wouldn't surprise me, but to me, the thing that you always have to have in your back pocket with Mel Tucker is that at this point, he's got Michigan's number. Um, if he were to beat Michigan again this year, even on the road, it wouldn't be a big surprise. Uh, he's he's proven that he's pretty good in these big in these big games. I don't think he's going to beat Ohio State. They have to play at Penn State to end the year, and they drew Wisconsin from the Big Ten West, so that'll be a tough game as well. But you know, Wisconsin has question marks too. So if I was going to lean on their on their win total, I would go over seven and a half. Do I think they're going to be eleven and two? No, I don't. Is Michigan uh, Central or Eastern time zone? Eastern, Eastern. So right now, according to Google, that Washington game is at seven thirty. Our time, so that's six thirty, uh, Washington. Seven thirty, eight thirty. That's nine thirty Eastern. Eastern. Yeah, that so is a late game. So that's a bit of a trap game. It's not going to be the easiest. And Washington game in the world. will be a tough defense at the very least. We'll see if they have a good offense. But right before Minnesota coming home, to so me, we'll like see. they have some talent. Like Peyton Thorn was was you know a pretty solid dude and showed a lot of flashes for being talented uh, or for being a, a really good like game breaker at the at the quarterback position. I love Jaden Reed. He's a super good wide receiver. They do lose. Um, who's the running back from last year that was such a freak of nature? Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Thank you. But they pull in a guy that you two know, Jarek Broussard, a, a transfer from Colorado, yeah. who had a he's really, really good, good freshman good. season. Yeah, he's very good. He probably was recruited there by Mel Tucker. And so he's a super talented guy. I think they have, like, to me, they're not deep on offense, but they have guys that can break open games and are like real gamers. Like that, that dude, uh, Jaden Reed, is a freak of nature. And he's a guy that, if you don't know his name, like, at some point, you're going to be like, wow, this guy's actually like one of the... If he played at Alabama or Ohio State, you'd be like, this guy's one of the best wide receivers in the country, no, for sure. I, I am selling in general my stock, but I think they're still going to be a good team. The, the issue is the Big Ten's loaded and they have a hard schedule. That's for my sure. whole thing with Michigan State. I still think they're a good team, and Mel Tucker has done a really good job bringing transfers in. So he's a great coach recruiting and bringing guys in. So yeah. that's one thing is a lot of new names who they don't know how they're going to perform, I think think uh, they'll do very well. And they bring nine starters back on defense, which is a big deal. However, a lot of those starters were guys that in the secondary last year were getting gashed by everybody. I mean, they, they had a really bad pass defense last year. And when they play a team like Ohio State, that's not going to get any easier. And having a lot of returning starters is a good thing. But if they're returning starters that weren't very good, then you have to factor that into it as well. And so to me, again... The Big Ten is so heavy towards the Big Ten East. You know, Maryland might be a team that could potentially compete for a Big Ten West title, but the problem is they're not in the Big Ten West. And so even though they're a talented offense, you know, they're not going to get a lot of pub. But then you look to the Big Ten West, and to me, it's wide open. And everyone has Wisconsin as a favorite. Yeah. Like most years. As usual. Yeah, for sure. But Wisconsin has question marks. I don't know what Paul Christ is, and I don't know if it's time for Wisconsin to pull the plug on this guy. Because every year it's like this is our year, and then they like fumble early or late or whatever, and maybe just Wisconsin is Wisconsin. Yeah, but I expect them to have a good defense and not be that great on offense. I, I always think uh, going into every year, I always think Wisconsin uh, are cuties. They're not contenders. Yep. Um, you know they're 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 the team in the Big Ten that's good for eight nine wins per year. Um, they're kind of like uh, kind of like Iowa was last year. They always have great defenses and great running games, but they just don't have 
they don't play the complimentary football that right. it takes to win the Big Ten. Yeah, and, Iowa won the West last year. And well, that's what well, we you were know, talking, Wisconsin might do this year. Exactly. Is, it, well, and they they have the benefit of playing in the Big Ten West. Even if, though even though Iowa did win the West, they they kind of limped into that a little yeah, bit, in sure. my opinion. And no, it they, came down to the only reason why Iowa won the West is because Wisconsin had a chance to win it playing at Minnesota the last game of the year and they lost. Right. So Wisconsin, frankly, should be the team that is competing for the Big Ten West every year. But let's just be fair. If Wisconsin in the, is in the Big Ten East, how many Big Ten championship games are they going to? Yeah. I mean, they've been to a bunch, and it's because they're in the Big Ten West, and they have that benefit. Now, look, I think the Big Ten West is actually really exciting and, and a fun division to watch because it's super – like, it could be parody. Wisconsin. There's so much parity, right? It could be Iowa. It could be Purdue. Purdue has a really good quarterback. It could be Nebraska. Who knows? But no, there, there's no top – talent team there's no top tier team in that division so i actually i disagree with paul chris i think that he is a as good as wisconsin could do right now i mean wisconsin mm. is not like some school who's going to get all these recruits he has a system right. they run the football they get a you know good offensive lineman a quarterback who can you know manage the the the, the, the game good defense physical defense this is a team that i think reloads and does a good job of getting the right guys in there now the issue again not a lot of returning starters. Did you mention this yet? Uh, no, I didn't. Eight guys back. Th- three three players on defense come back. Three right. starters on defense come back. That's so. Yeah, but Wisconsin just clones like I know, big, I know, big I know, good I know. white white linebackers and defensive end. I know. They just have like a, have a factory. But as we said, you can't just write it off one way or the For other. For sure, you don't know. But I give him benefit of the doubt. So I actually kind of yeah. disagree. I think that's about as good as I can do. See, but I and think I think they could do better. If here's what it is, I think that Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, is really good. If you can keep him there or even maybe make him the head coach, if you just bring in an offensive mind that could just be a spark on offense. The problem is their offense is the same thing. Yep. It's old school Big Ten, three yards and a cloud of dust, I just, but, and it but, works for them. But this is my problem in college football in general, is that every fan base, and I do it too, but every fan base wants Nick Saban, Ryan Day. Right. You know, And so it's like... Paul Chris is in that level. I mean, look, you can go back the last couple of years. They were nine and four last year, which is a huge disappointment for them. Right. Four and three in the COVID year, 10 and four in 2019, eight and five, 2018, 13 and one, 2017. Like, in, in my opinion, for what Wisconsin should be in a conference with Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, like, they're doing about as well as, as Wisconsin should be doing so right yeah and that's I, my opinion I, I give him a lot of credit and and i'm i'm I, i'm up on paul christ i think i think what will and i are agreeing on is paul christ and the wisconsin badgers at this point i think have hit their ceiling but i think they need something else to put them over into that national title conversation here's what oh, well, i thought but, 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 but there's I, 35 schools who fit into that right now right. everyone wants it so i mean they do you're right but Here's what I'll say is that, like, you're right. If they bring in some, like, flashy offensive mind to, like, call the plays and change up the offense, Wisconsin's not an Ohio State team that's just going to have a good offense every year. But maybe one out of three years, they have that really flashy. I mean, look, if you give, if you give Wisconsin Purdue's offense last year, they're, a real, they're actually a really good team. Yeah. And they're, they're going to the Big Ten championship game. Are they competing? They're probably competing with, with Michigan, honestly. Yeah. Because um, every year they have, I mean, I, I, I agree, they only have three starters coming back on defense. That should be a question mark. But even still, I just know what Wisconsin is. And right. they just clone these dudes and they come out of nowhere and you don't know them. And all of a sudden, and look, they always have like top-ranked defense and that's because they don't play anybody. They're not, they're not Georgia's defense. People, 
certain stats will tell you that like Wisconsin had like a top three defense last year. It wasn't. It wasn't with one of the best three defenses in the country. But statistically, and how you know the teams are playing against, they're really good. And so to me, they're a team that you can if they had just like a decent offense, they're a ten win team every single year. But yeah. you know, the, to me, I think Paul Chris too. By the way, is an offensive guy. He was brought in to be an offensive guy last year. He took over the play calling duties, and for once, the run game like actually was really bad, especially early on. And so, I don't know. To me, you're 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 right, Tyler. Like this maybe just is what Wisconsin is, and you shouldn't just get rid of it. But it, the the counterpoint to that is like, well, do you want to try to do something better? I don't know. It's just a very you're playing with fire, right? Because yeah. it could go the opposite direction. Yeah, that's my it's very point. true. And most of the time, I think it would. Yeah, because the the the, the pickings are so thin out there. I'd say your probability is thin pickings, the other as way. they no. say. <laughs> thin pickings. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, that the team that. I actually think would be the favorite out of the Big Ten West is Iowa, the team that won the Big Ten West last year. And they're the same team. I mean, we could just literally say all those same things we just said about yep, Wisconsin exactly. and apply it to Iowa. Um, I think that that Spencer Petrus, Petrus, however you want to say that, uh, people, Petri, the Petri he has so Remember much the hype. Dish from the, from a, a science class? I do. I mean, I wasn't dish. very good at uh, science. I work in with particular. petri dishes every day. There you oh, go. Oh, the Smitty. Petri. Resident scientist, Smitty. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, he... I think it's Petrus. Uh, he, he's just like, I don't know, man. He's like every Iowa quarterback again. It's like he doesn't live up to the hype. He shows flashes, and then he's really bad. And you have a, a Kirk Ferentz team where he gives the offensive coordinator job to his son, and every three years Kirk Ferentz gets a, a contract extension, and it's the same argument. It's the, this is probably what just Iowa is, and this yeah, is the I peak. I think it's the same thing. But I, especially I think that if Kirk Ferentz's son wasn't Kirk Ferentz's son, he wouldn't have a job anymore. I do yeah. think that. And so I think they're a team that's going to be staunch defensively. They bring back a good amount of starters. I think it's seven on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They were a good team last year. They're, it's a tough team to play for everyone that's not like Ohio State. But guess what? If you get Ohio State, like Iowa at home is a trap game for everyone. Yep. That's a hard place to play. And so it's not going to surprise me at all if they were to win the Big Ten West and if they beat Michigan at home this year or something like that. I think they're a really good team. And I actually like watching that style of play because you don't see it much anymore in college football, but it's not what gets it done at like a national level. The favorites right now are Wisconsin, but I would give a slight edge to Iowa because of the uh, schedule. Uh, they don't go on the road consecutive weeks all season long. Mm -hmm. You look at Wisconsin, they have two of those, at Northwestern and Michigan State, then Iowa and Nebraska. Both teams have Ohio State on the road, yet Iowa has them after a bye. I just look at the schedules, and for those reasons – I'm looking at mirror images here. I see two teams who are very similar, not just because style. That's easy to say, right? They both run the football. They both, But it's the way that the coaches want the quarterbacks, the defenses to play. It's very, very similar. And I think it's a coin toss right now. And for that reason, since I was the, the, the you know, more plus money, I'd go with the Hawkeyes right now to win the conference or to win the, the, the West. Yeah, and if you're looking at an odd standpoint, I'd actually even go with a team like Purdue. I mean, Purdue won nine games last year. Um, Aiden, but that's last year. I, I don't like Purdue this year. Right, but even still, like they bring back a good amount of starters, and the main thing for me is they bring back Aiden O'Connell, who frankly, if you don't know this guy, go watch some highlights. He's a good quarterback. He was really good last year. Um, this is a team that, that can score in bunches. Now, they do lose like the really good wide receiver they had last year. I think his name was Bell. Uh, he was drafted in the NFL. 
to me, they're like a chaos team. But if you're going to go strictly from an odds perspective to well, go to the Big Ten championship game, I would go with Purdue. No, you're actually right. And here's the thing about Purdue. My notes here, are, I'm down on Purdue in terms of their overall talent, but their schedule's very, very favorable. Right. I mean, this is not a tough schedule. They avoid a lot of teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, they don't play Ohio State or Michigan. No, their road games are Syracuse, Minnesota, Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. Yeah, I mean, at, at Minnesota... games this year, but at they Minnesota, may not be... Oh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 no go ahead. Well, like, at Minnesota and at Wisconsin are going to decide the division for them, yeah. honestly. If they want to win the Big Ten West, they need to win those games most likely because Minnesota's a really good team too. But you're right, like Purdue having a year where like, hey, we didn't pull... Uh, we didn't pull Ohio State or Michigan from the Big Ten East. It's a big deal. They do get Penn State, but they get them at home week one. That's a pretty big advantage. This, though, this is what the the committee, hopefully, that takes over college football in the next couple of years is going to do, is avoid this nonsense to where you can have 10 and 2 teams that really aren't that good. That may be like 20th to 35th in the rankings. Right. So, or in like true power rankings. So, that's the, the awesome thing about the future of college football, avoiding this nonsense. I mean... This is this is you shouldn't be a Big Ten team and have this trash of a schedule. I mean, this is bad. So anyway, yeah, and like, look, I you know we, we glossed over Minnesota. There, this is the whole point about the Big Ten West. A lot of these teams are at a similar level where they're like I one. Love how we haven't talked Nebraska yet. I, well, I was going to bring that up to. next. I, don't I was going to gonna bring that up next. A to. lot of these teams are just real, like the same team. They're they're really frisky. They're they're not an easy win. And frisky. I the Big Ten West is probably just going to eat itself. And that's when you're just going to end up seeing, again, like Iowa, Wisconsin most likely win the division. But don't count out Minnesota. T- Tanner Morgan is back for like the 40th year in a row. They were a team, <laughs> they were a team that won, I think, nine games last year. Um, you know, I think that, uh, that P.J. Fleck is a good big game coach, but maybe not a good every single week coach, so to speak. Um, but you talked about Nebraska. They bring in the transfer quarterback from Texas, Casey Thompson, who started a lot of games for Texas last year. And I do think he is an upgrade, especially in the passing game, over Adrian Martinez, but what he lacks is the Adrian Martinez uh, mobility, which was huge for Nebraska last year. Now, that being said, they're going away from Scott Frost's offense. They, they bring in Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator, so maybe this will actually be a beneficial thing to have a guy who's a little bit more of like a, court, a pocket passer, but that guy, um, Casey Thompson, really accurate, uh, good quarterback, uh, had a lot of really good moments there at Texas. And I think that if you look at that Nebraska team last year, they had a really good defense. Now they don't bring back like an insane amount of starters from that defense. But to me, they're a team that is like slowly building steam and the momentum is coming. It hasn't been great. And that's hard to say about a team that went three, nine last year. But again, if you watched Nebraska play last year, they were not a three and nine team. They lost so many close games and most of them was, you know, ultimately their fault, right? Late turnovers, whatever, bad coaching. And that factors into everything. But they're a team that I think, um, is better than what their record was, and they were a really tough physical team last year. And again, I think that even though Scott Frost is firmly on the hot seat, and he didn't get he got like a one year extension, which really means nothing. That means you didn't get an extension. Um, I think that this is a team that just look out because it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them win eight or nine games, and be competing for the division. Well, here's why I look out is early in the year, and I think that's what's going to save Scott Frost is if they opened up with a tough schedule, he may get fired in uh, September, right? right. But they open up Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, OU. They're going to lose that game. Then they have a bye, Indiana, Rutgers. Maybe. They almost beat Oklahoma last year on the road. Yeah, no. That was exa- a tough game. Exactly. My point is, they're going to win a lot of those opening games. Now, they end the year, their last four games, tough. Minnesota, at Michigan, Wisconsin, yeah. at Iowa. 
that's where you go, loss, 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 potentially, right? They're going to be underdogs. Right. So I think there's a, a, a chance for the end of the year to go poorly for them, but uh, they're going to get off to a good start. Even still, I mean, let's say going into those, let's say going, they lose Oklahoma and they, they could potentially be seven and one going into those last four games. And then guess what? All they need to do is win two of those. And that's a tall order, but they could win at Iowa. They could beat Minnesota and just lose to Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're looking at a nine win team. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Am I, am I banking on it? I mean, what's their, their win total is seven and a half. Uh, I don't oh, know if geez. I would lean over considering, you know, that's a huge swing from a three nine team, but even still, I think they're a tough team. That's not going to be uh, easy to go over, but you're right, Tyler. They got to get the steam rolling early to get some momentum. What if Scott Frost is just the opposite Alabama or Oklahoma, where every close game he loses? I mean, and, and you can't count on him this for point, it to even up. It's possible. Yeah. Now he didn't have that track record at UCF, but it's a little different at at uh, uh, there compared to Nebraska. So, uh, you know, I think that you're not going to see a Big Ten champion come out of this division. Um, I, no. But I think it's actually going to be one of the most fun divisions to watch, and I'm super excited. As do I, William. As do I, as they say in the movies. Well, we're done with our uh, our Big Ten and Big 12. All we have left is the, the Big Bad SEC. We're going to do that next week. I'm super excited. One conference for the whole show, so we're going to get real in-depth. Uh, again, Tyler mentioned it. Follow us on Instagram, College Football Tailgate. Follow us on Twitter, at CFB underscore pod. Rate and review. Spread the word. We'll see you next week, guys.